What's going on, crazy world? Welcome to another episode of the Black Sheep Perspective. Uh, got a close friend of mine today, man. I'm really been looking forward to this. We've been trying to have, get him on the show for quite a while right now. This man's got a stories for days that you guys are gonna hear about and and why because of uh, the career choice that he has made. And uh, we're just gonna have fun talking a whole lot about life, man. But I want to welcome my brother Alex, aka Repo Daddy. Oh man, salute, on. baby. Cheers, brother. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Mm. Of course, if, if you ever if you ever come to the show, whoever it is out there listening, it'd be nice. It'd be a great gesture if you bought a nice bottle of whiskey, <laughs> like my boy did today. He brought the Macallan Twelve. That's what we're sipping on, and uh, it's, it's gonna be a fun podcast, man. Anyhow, brother, listen, you got a little kid on the way, man. I do. That's something new in your life, man. Tell me how you feeling about that right now. Ah, oh, man, I'm excited. I'm nervous. Yeah. Um, staying positive about it. It's my first one. Um, having a boy, like you said, she's uh, 12 weeks right now. 12 weeks. Okay. 12 weeks. And then I got a stepdaughter, too, that uh, that came into my life. So I'm um, raising her as well. How old are you, Alex? I'm 28 on Thursday. On thir- oh, shit. All right. You got birthday. Thursday, 28, April 7th. And you have gotten this close with this baby's mom. I don't want to call her that. Girlfriend? Have you guys more than that? What, what yeah, yeah. Um, I proposed to her. Um Towards the end of last year, and uh, we just recently got married. We haven't had a ceremony or anything yet, but we're going to be doing that uh, down the, the line okay. in the future. But legally, on paper, we're married. Okay, and then so you you, you took the role of stepfather. Yeah, I took the role of stepfather. That's awesome. And um, it's been an amazing journey, honestly. Definitely not even having my own yet, but having her and raising her has definitely changed my perspective and outlook on life in general. Right. And help me realize that there's definitely more um, to life than just, you know, Working, making money, going out, and you know, doing other shit. Yeah, you're definitely a hustler. We're definitely going to talk about that, and you know what it is to grind hard. You know, when it comes to uh, the line of work that you do. But um, I, I want to know: did, Were you ever thinking that you were going to have kids? Did you see yourself having kids, or was just, or at least way more, you know, down the line? At one point, I did. Way before I, you know, I figured I'd have a kid or two down the line and everything. And then once I saw that it wasn't really heading that way, and I was more in a hustler's, you know, mindset of just mm. straight working, making money and, you know, having nice cars, nice this and that. I never really saw it, you know, being a thing eventually. I thought, you know what, I'm I'm not going to have any kids. I had wanted kids by the time I was around this age. You know, I told myself if I didn't have a kid by 30, I probably wasn't going to try to have any. I didn't want to, I wanted to be that dad when I told you, you know, I could be very involved in my kid's life right. and be able to do everything they wanted to do with them. Right. So at one point, I definitely didn't see myself going in that direction. But, you know, shit happens and things change. I'll tell you what, to defend some of the dads out there who had, and I know you're not a, uh, attacking it at all, but, you know, you can still be a super active dad and do all kind of great stuff and have a kid, you know, in, in your mid-30s, even 40. Granted, I know it's a little bit more pushy, but it depends on the lifestyle that you live. You Absolutely. know, well, if you're somebody who likes, if you're a huge travel junkie, a fucking adventure monkey, you know, whatever the hell. Well, then at, at 40, you might not want to have a kid, you know. You might get that down or, or earlier. But otherwise, you know, it can still have that. And I'm not talking about experience. I'm talking about just knowing people and seeing it happen. Uh, I agree 100%. It, I guess it does matter where you're at in life, what your plan is in the future. And I know people have had kids at 40, after 40. Mm. You know, my fiance, well, my wife now, she's uh, she's 38. They're over 10 years older than me. And um, 
Now, that's a rare thing right there. Yeah. That's a very rare thing. Matter of fact, I, I, I want to repeat that. Okay, so you're, she's 38. 38. And you're turning? I'm turning 28 on Thursday. So she's got you by a good, clean she, dime right there. Good, clean dime, a little over a dime. So And and have you always been attracted to older women? Or is this something that kind of <laughs> snuck up on you because she brought that swag you weren't ready for? Because I'm always suggesting that younger guys should, should give older ladies a chance. They really should. Yeah, I think that it rocks their world. I think they're the ones who fucking fall in love. Not yeah. saying that that happened with you <laughs> right now, but nah, you know. I've, I've always been attracted to older women. Okay. I've always dated older women. Um, that's just something I usually went for myself when I was younger. For as long as I can remember, I was always attracted and I always went after older women. Okay. Um, you know, when I met her, I had had her, we had each other on social media for a few years and um, we hadn't hung out or met in person. It was just straight Instagram. I would, you know, same thing, you know, where you would react to a story, or, right. you know, you comment on a DM, something right. like that. Okay. Um, and, you know, one time she finally wrote me back and, you know, we started messaging uh, on Instagram for a little bit. And then we met up. We went to uh, Tacos and Tattoos over there on 104. Mm -hmm. And we spent the whole afternoon there. And, man, we just hit it off, you know, from, you know, there's not one point of that date was it any awkwardness or any silence or any, you know, Now, prior to weirdness. that, did you have some type of um, whatever checklist of, or whatnot of where's the cutoff either of age because no matter how good they look, if they're past this age, no, I won't entertain that. Or that doesn't does that not really bug you as long as there's a certain package that's just there, you know, uh, visually, let's say? I never had a necessary number in my head okay. of like, all right, you know, 39 or 40 is the limit. Right. I thought more of just, you know, as long as I can vibe with you, we got along – you know, we have fun together. You know, I can see myself being your best friend and more right. in that aspect. It wasn't a crazy number. Now, even being with someone, let's say in the beginning, I didn't plan, even if I were to turn this into a serious relationship, I wasn't planning on getting married. I wasn't even planning on having kids. You know, I stopped myself, you know, I could be with somebody in a relationship, be together and just, you know, take it day by day. I didn't have a plan of like, okay, you know, I'm going to be with this person and then I'm going to want to have a kid in a year and then maybe two years we buy a house and then three years we can move to a specific location. Since I was just since, going with the flow. Since you're bringing that up, do you think that that might be, uh, that doesn't help marriages or relationships last as good as long as they should because people have that kind of itinerary that they're trying to follow and they, therefore they're like forcing things, they're stressing themselves out and then it kind of fucks with the relationship? Absolutely. Yeah, I think, think if you have... Um, a mindset of like a schedule that you're trying to follow in a relationship, it's just not going to work. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people, both guys and girls go into a relationship, you know, with a specific mindset of they need to be in a certain part in that relationship in a certain time. Like, you know, Oh, we've been together for a year. You know, I, I think it's time to move in together or, you know, we've been together for two years. You know, I just finished school. You just finished, you know, doing what you're doing. Why don't we, you know, I think it's time to have a kid. I don't think you could put a time, or a schedule on something like that. I think that has to come with the way you feel and the way the relationship is going. I know people that have, you know, met, dated, gotten engaged, and had a kid all less than a year. And I know people that have been dating for seven, eight years, and they still don't even live together. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. It's just based on the way you and right. the person you're with contribute to each other and how the relationship starts to grow. And then by that, you guys go ahead and make the decision of where you're going to take the next step. And I don't definitely don't think it's a good idea to... Uh, definitely plan or schedule the way you're supposed to be in a specific relationship at a specific time. Bro, I couldn't agree with you more. You, you killed it with that ex explanation. I, I 
You nailed it. It's totally true. And, and unfortunately, more often than not, that is not the process. That is not how people think. More often than not, because of old school ways, old fashioned ways, old traditional ways, still, still some of the impacts of our, you know, abuelos and, and even our parents, you know, which is, I mean, think about it, homie. And I've talked about this on several podcasts because I'm very opinionated on this topic. The, the generations before us, you know, you're 28, so uh, maybe your parents, but maybe not, but definitely their parents and then definitely, you know, great-grandparents, they were like, uh, they were trying to preach that you should be wifed up, ready to get married or married, and with a kid all by like the age of 25, yeah. 26. Yeah. Like, and they think that you should choose your career and stick to it and commit to it by the same time period, during the same time frame. You're, you're talking about a balancing act that is that is so stressful on it's anybody. It's stressful, and it's and now in the fast-paced world that we live in, it's just not not necessarily doable. But in the long run, it doesn't turn out the way you think it's going to turn out, or the way your grandparents saw that it should turn out. Because we're living in different times now. You know, back when our grandparents were dating and in that scene, it was there wasn't social media, there wasn't all these adding factors that you know contribute to that not necessarily working out for you right you know so right. they see it as a way of you know well i got married at 25 i had my career i had a house i had a kid you know so definitely my kids and their kids are definitely gonna you know need to follow in those footsteps and right. that's not the case I, I i just also think that one at that age bracket given given certain exceptions certain people who, who came up faster because of what life you know gave them correct except for those most people are just not that mature. They're not mature enough. They're not fully developed in those mid-20s. We're still a bunch of come mierdas, bro. Yeah. We're still doing stupid shit, making unwise decisions. We still don't got it together. We still don't know how we fully like it in the bedroom. We're still fucking <laughs> testing still shit out. Yeah, there's some people at 30 where it's like, oh, shit, I've never done that before. Ooh, you know? I mean, yeah. <laughs> it is. So no, you got a point. Everything, everything plays a role, but but I but I do agree with everything you said. I just also think, man, we're too immature to be making decisions like that, If if especially when our influences is this time frame thing that we're talking about, you know, where, hey, you should you have all this figured out. And then it's also, you know, you mentioned that, they use themselves as references, you know, uh, you know grandparents of ours. Um, well, look, you know, I did it early, and then and, and we're here, and you guys came in and turned out great. I think a lot of times it's bullshit. To them, turned out great is we made it. But it was a fucking rough road, and I, I don't even fucking hug this man. Yeah. I haven't slept in the same bed with him for the last 10 years. We've been and separated four times. Yeah, like, no, dude. like separate rooms. You said it early, and I remember when we did lunch, you know, uh, a few days back. You know, you want to, you want your your significant other, you want your life partner to be the closest thing to your best friend, like for real, for real, best friend. Like, have fun, be stupid, act whatever together, watch the same shit, you know, all that dumb right, shit. Right. You don't want. Well, we made it through this, you know. We got three kids out of it. One's a fuck up, and the other two are doing all right. You don't want marriage to seem like you stuck with it because of that piece of paper you signed, because of those vows you you know you said and you wrote, and right. making that tie in front of your whole family that you feel like you're obligated to stay stuck in it for the rest of your life. Now, I don't, you know, I don't wish divorce on anybody. Mm -hmm. I don't want that. I would never want that for myself. We spoke about that. And mostly everybody in my family has been divorced and how that affected me and my, uh, and my choice moving forward, you know, getting married and everything. But at the end of the day, you know, like you said, most of those grandparents and stuff are stuck together because they see it as that's the way it needs to be. Yeah. And they sleep in separate rooms and yeah. they don't even say hi to each other when they get home. Yeah, crazy. You, you got to be with whoever you're with. That has to be your best friend. Mm -hmm. You got to joke around with them. You got to have fun with them. That's got to be your go-to yeah. person 
to in and, life. And I'm not saying because I hate when people say nothing's perfect, Wes. And I'm I'm not saying that at all. You you are from every, it. Everybody's gonna go through their bumps and bruises and and little letdowns and you know the get to knowing each other process. Oh, we I haven't I haven't been through a a bad drunken night with you. I've never seen you snap on me like that before. <laughs> you know. <laughs> now let's see how long it takes you to get over. It. You know, those are all small experiences that happen. So I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that. Yeah, like what you just said, you know, piggybacking it, it. Everybody should be aiming for the closest thing to their best friend. Not, not. We're on a timetable. Now we're here. We got financial ties and a couple of kids. We might as well tough this shit out. Don't make it a big deal. We'll be all right. What the fuck? Yeah. What kind of settling down, unhappy shit did you just sign up for? Yeah, that 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 um, that common phrase that you know most people say. Oh, it's it's cheaper. To, it's cheaper to the keep keeper, her, yeah. And to divorce her, and they're living a miserable life. But they're like, man, if I go through a divorce, it's gonna cost me this and that. And this, so this and true, that. Jesus Christ, that's so, so true. So it's like, bro. what you're gonna live your life like this for the rest of your life because you don't want to get divorced. You don't want to try to face what the issue is. Yeah, you feel like since you signed on that dotted line, that's it. You're stuck. There's no fixing the problems you have, or there's no getting mm-hmm. out of your current situation, and that's not the case. And people get complacent, they get lazy, they Absolutely. want they want the path of less resistance, and that, and that's the truth. And it's, it sucks that they even apply that to their fucking marriages because what you said is true. It's cheaper to keep her, and that's a, a, an ongoing saying. Let me ask you: We were mentioning family. How did your family feel about this decision you made with a, an older woman? Because if, if if the tables were turned and it was you were 38 and she was 28. Even though that's still not a big difference, it obviously isn't. But most most parents would want to tell their young daughters, "Hey, that's an older man, you know. Like, you are you know what you're getting into? Don't you want to stay around? You know." And they start thinking weird shit. Well, this is different. This yeah. is an older woman, and you're the younger guy. How do they? What do they feel about it? I mean, my parents have always been very supportive um, of who I've dated in the past. Now they're very not necessarily blunt, like in person, where you know. You know, I take a girl over or something, introduce them. They don't like them. They're not going to be like, oh, I don't like this, this, and that. You know, maybe right. after the fact. They'll tell you. They'll tell me, hey, you yeah. know, this was, I felt this or I felt that. But, man, honestly, it's not because I'm on the podcast or anything, but both my parents, you know, love this girl from the get. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, they weren't shocked as far as the whole age thing because both my parents know that I've always been attracted and I've always dated older women. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like, a you know, something out of left field. Like, oh, where did this come from? You know, he's right. always dated, you know, a year, two years in his age, not 10 or 11. So it wasn't a humongous shock to them. And um, they're very supportive because they know, you know, that for one, you know, when I brought her into the picture, you know, her, it's not, first impressions are important, but, you know, you got to see how the way someone is down the line, you know, how they react with other people, with family. Exactly. Um, and man, you know, she reacted great with my mom, with my dad, you know, when I brought the the baby around, the same situation. My family was very welcoming to her. Um, and vice versa, you know, she wasn't awkward or she wasn't quiet or she wasn't, you know. Where are they from, your parents? My dad's Cuban, my mom's Colombian. Okay. Well, so, they, did they come from there? They migrated from here? From uh, my there? dad was born here. Uh, he was born here in Miami, a Baptist. But, his, you know, his parents were born in Cuba. Okay. And they came. My mom was born in Colombia. And she came over here. I was born in Colombia as well. And I came over here when I was a, when I was a baby. And then they met here and then. Now, they both, they, they have both got divorced, right? Correct. My parents got divorced um, when I was a freshman in high school. My mom had been divorced once prior to that. So this was my mom's second divorce, my dad's first divorce. And like I had told you, you know, pretty much everybody immediate in my family has been divorced. My grandparents on my mom's side divorced. Uh, My cousins divorced. My aunt and uncle divorced. You know, cousins and close friends divorced. My uncle who lives in Tampa also divorced. You got to break the cycle, man. 
Yeah, so, but like I said, you know, going into that mentality, you know, when you're surrounded by stuff like that you growing up. You didn't believe up, in, your, in the future, yeah. I didn't believe in it. You right. know, my parents divorced, my mom more than once. You know, my closest aunt and uncle divorced once. My cousin, who I grew up with, divorced. And I've seen some of those divorces, you know, and they were real ugly, you know? Yeah, they all are, man. That's you know, bad, yeah. I, I was very blessed that my parents' divorce um, was very respectful okay. and, you know, very mutual. There wasn't any child support. There wasn't any fights. There wasn't any, you know, restraining orders or cops. You know, they got to a point where they realized it wasn't going to work out and the best thing for them was to separate, you know, even though they had kids in the picture. Mind you, I was 14 going on 15, you know, when this went down. So both me and my sister were already at the age where we, you know, we could accept the fact of, you know, they didn't want to be together. Right. And we could adjust to the way we needed mm -hmm. to adjust and move on with life. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and even after that, my dad was still very involved, helping my mom with certain things. And my mom didn't cut my dad off either. And they say, hey, you know, we're divorced. That's your problem now. That's great. That's you know, a they rare still thing. helped each other yeah. out. Yeah. And they knew that they had, you know, two kids that they still needed to, you know, co-parent with because mm -hmm. we weren't 18 yet. We were still in high school and they made it work. You know, and they still to this day have a very respectful, good relationship towards each other. You know, I've been out and I'll FaceTime my dad or my mom and I'll, you know, I'll put the camera on them and they'll say hi. And, you know, they'll crack a joke, this, this and that. That's cool, man. Yeah. And I think that was the best outcome of a divorce, you know, was where you can be uh, mutual and still have a respectful relationship with, you know, someone you used to be with. It's a reminder that it's, that it's doable, you know, because it's rare. But it's, it's rare, but, it's, but, but definitely doable. Definitely doable. 100%. You, know? you, you can see that. So that's cool. My parents did the same thing. So that was, we were older, but um, they, they did the same thing. And they, they maintained friendship with no funny business in between. Straight friendship. And, and, and my dad had girlfriends, and they were accepted of my mom being cool. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was that, that a good thing. Yeah, that's definitely rare. You know, and that, and that sucks. But what sucks more is when they fucking stay together forcefully. So, yeah, divorces suck, but I encourage that. Hey, if it ain't working out and you just ain't feeling it, yeah, get out of it. Get, get out of it. You know, keep keep it moving. I don't necessarily think when it's getting tough that you should just go ahead and no, not definitely tough. automatically try to say, yeah. hey, you know what, let's get divorced. But a lot of people, unfortunately, do that. The quickest thing, a lot of people think, hey, let's just get a divorce and this wasn't meant to be. Let's go ahead and go our separate ways. Yeah, no, no, no. I think you should definitely try to establish what the problem is that you're having in your marriage. And try to see if it's fixable. Because, mm -hmm. you know, Agreed. especially if you have kids involved, you have a life together, why go ahead and just throw it all away when there's a good chance that whatever you're going through is fixable? You know, it's, you know, counseling. You know, you guys can go to meetings together, sit down, see what's bothering you, see what's bothering me, lay everything out on the table, right. and try to see if there's a solution to this problem to go ahead and save the marriage and continue it. You know, and but you're right. Sometimes you, you get to a point where there's absolutely no way out. Right, it's not fixable. You both established that, and then the better thing would be to go. Yeah, ahead and when separate. I when I said that, I definitely meant it with those intentions. Yeah, without a doubt, do all the efforts that you just said about it, and that's a perfect way of saying it in regards to the the steps, you know. And then, if you hit a wall, whatever that is, and it's okay, this isn't fixable. So it's, it's just now you're too this, I'm too that. We tried, you know, but absolutely, you know. So yeah, I, I definitely commend that. But you know, hey, dating is a motherfucker. Um, you know, the, the pressures of, of your peers and your friends and families and career choices and, the, the, you know, that's a motherfucker. You know, it, it's not easy. I, I just think that people should slow it down. I, I think that through your 20s, you know, you're an exception. There's, there's several exceptions, but it's exceptions. It's not the common denominator. Eight out of ten, chill. Not, I'm not saying have fun and be irresponsible, no. But don't try to make all these 
big ass decisions in your 20s because you you don't even know who you are yet. You still have development. You're still going to become a different man, a different woman. You're still going to get you're going to get attracted to different things and I don't mean physically, I mean like a, a career choice, uh, a living standard, you know, a demograph, like all that, bro. You start 28, 29, 30, you're like, bro, you know what? Fuck Miami. I need to I need to go at least to the Palm Beaches. This shit's too wild. This shit's too expensive. Yeah. Or you never want to leave it because you realize how much you love the waters. You know, you know what I mean? But 100%. that shit comes later on. So I just encourage the young ones, chill. If you find something good and it's, and it's not no hassle, yeah, entertain it, man. You know, run with it. See what happens. Everybody's trying to rush life nowadays. Yeah. Fast-paced Miami we're living in. And, you know, they run into stuff that's not necessarily always good for them. And they get into situations that make it tough to move on from a certain, you know, from a certain relationship or a certain a goal they're trying to reach in life might be a career change, might be a move change, something like that. You know, they'll have a plan or, Hey, I want to experience this. I want to experience that. And then they get into a relationship. They get their girl pregnant, this, this, and that. And now, you know, they're stuck. Like now I can't do what I was planning to do with this career, or I can't necessarily right. move to this location anymore because it's not just me. Now I got, you know, two other people involved. So yeah, it kind of throws you off if you have a plan or if you're still trying to figure yourself out. So definitely don't rush it. Don't, you know, try you think, to jump think, into something. You think big cities like Miami, obviously, have a different effect on relationships and, you know, the decisions that people make because we have more temptations, because we have these uh, pressures of partying, because dumbasses out here are living outside their means. You know what I mean? Like, do you think that that affects relationships living in a big city because, you know, that you have this weird, you know, stigma? I think not necessarily just living in a big city like Miami, where Miami's known, you know, for the party capital of the world, you know, the nightlife, clubs that don't sleep, you know, you're out all day, you got all these beautiful women outside. So not necessarily just that, but I think, like you said, the temptations that are out there, social media is a big problem. Mm -hmm. Now, you can't compare living in Savannah, Georgia to living in Brickell, you know what I mean? And having right. a relationship, being with somebody in there. Definitely what you're surrounded by definitely has a humongous impact. Mm -hmm on your outlook and what you're going to do. Because, you know, in a place like that, you know, what do you got really, you know, yeah. small town, right. a little shopping plaza that closes at 7 o'clock at night, you know, really nothing to do. So you're, I think, more concentrated on your family and who you're with right. and, you know, staying in and doing change, something change chill. the dynamic of the relationship. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, hey, we got a condo in Brickle. We got booby <laughs> trap, you know, 10 minutes away. We got space. We got all these clubs. We Bro, got all these people on tourists. How, look, look, how about something so simple? And I, and I think this has a, a this this takes a toll. We got so much traffic here, all right. That whoever's working your nine to five, your your ten to seven, whatever the fuck it is, whoever's working those hours, and you get caught up in the traffic, you got that thirty to forty five minute truck there, and then you have that forty five minutes an hour to get back. That stresses you. That puts it. That that leaves an impact on you. Yeah. If you're in these smaller cities where you know you you know it's just a 20 minute shot no matter what and, and it, people are nicer and you're not getting cut off and fucking shot the finger and this and that I said, hey, you know whatever yeah, and, and, yeah. and watch when we tell when we start talking about what you do you witness this type of crazy shit all the time yeah, man i'll tell you so miami is miami is so overpopulated and you know that's the truth of it that when i used to work day shift that i would be out in a truck all day every day it was it was crazy stressful on me the traffic the people and that takes a toll on you, especially for somebody not just in my industry, but someone who has to be out on the street all day, driving from place to place, it fucks with your head. Right. It, it really does cause a lot of stress. You know, 
I would get home sometimes, and I didn't want to fucking talk to nobody. I didn't want to do shit. Back when I was living with my mom still, you know, I'd get home, and she would even tell me, oh, you know, I could tell you, you know, you're in a bad mood, and sometimes I feel like I got to walk on eggshells. Right. And I felt bad because I would pop off, or I would have an attitude, and it's not because of them or something else going on. It's just because of the fucking day I had. Yeah. Being in the street all day, you right. know. During the day, it takes me an hour to get from Hialeah to Hialeah Gardens. You know, that's fucking crazy, being right. stuck in some crazy traffic like that. But that's an everyday thing now. Miami's so fast-paced and so, you know, so quick with everything is that it fucks with your head. It stresses you out. Mm-hmm. And you go ahead and, and you know, in turn, take, take that out yeah. on your family, on your fiancé, on your, on your kids. And that's not good, you know. So definitely being in a place like Miami definitely, you know, has to have some contributes, type of impact. Yes. contributes to your demeanor, your your attitude, and what you end up taking home at the end of the day, 100%. Right, right. And and, and we're not trying to bash our city because I know, I know we both love it. <laughs> Absolutely but, not. But when you're going to talk like, you know, level-headed man and, and what, what the stresses of life are, and uh, yes, thank you, brother, uh, what the stresses of life are and, and, and dealing with traffic. I mean, no one in their fucking right mind likes traffic, period, end of story. So the more you got to deal with it, and, you know, and in Miami we got some wild drivers. I mean, my God, I have a friend who just got back from um, – uh, Nevada. She went. She went. Uh, she went to the Grand Canyon. So she did the whole little like tri-state thing with Arizona, Nevada, and, and something else. Okay. And anyways, um, she couldn't stop talking about the lack of traffic, the weather, how nice everybody was, this, this, and that. And the minute that they were leaving Miami International Airport, here's somebody cutting them off <laughs> and and scream something at them. They're like, okay, yeah, we're back in Miami. Yep. Shit takes a toll. It, it does. It does. And I'm, I've been in places like that, you know, up north, let's say Gainesville and stuff, um, where traffic is, right. you know, there's no traffic. Everybody waves to everybody. Everybody says hi. You go into a local convenience store and, hey, you know, how you doing? You know, they remember your name. They know that you live up the street. You're local. It's a smaller, way slow-paced environment right. where everybody gets along with everybody. Everybody knows everybody. And that those are the people that make it to live 85, 90 years old because yep. they're not stressed, they're relaxed, they're yep. more chill. Yep. And I think that definitely takes a takes a toll on uh, the way, you know, you outlook on life. Without a doubt. What's up, everybody? Just want to take a quick second to tell you guys thank you so much for all the love and support. We are officially into season four of the podcast, and I have an array of brand new guests that you guys are going to love. For now, enjoy the rest of the Yeah, I mean, hands down, bro. At the end of the day, big city life is just a different life, different influences, and matter of fact, you and I were talking about this, Alex. We were talking about it in regards to like I don't know, I don't know how often it, it's definitely a worldwide problem. It's definitely a United States problem, but it has to be ten times bigger in these bigger cities. And I'm talking about people trying to outlive outside their means 100%. because they're trying to flex something they don't fucking have. Yeah, and I know we see it tenfold over here. Yeah, man, everybody is so, uh, so you know, closed in on trying to impress yeah. motherfuckers that they don't even know. You know, they're trying to impress girls that they don't know. And most of these guys and women, you know, they try to impress people that are inside their own clique, you know, people that they fuck with heavy. Mm. You know, they feel like, you know, I got to drive a better car than he does. And this girl's got to have, you know, the nicer shoes and a nicer office than what she has. And they live outside their means. In Miami, it's all about the flex. It's It's... It's trying to impress everybody with shit that you don't have. Right. You know, and I had made this point once to you before when we ate the other day is that, you know, everybody's trying to to live outside their means so much that they get themselves into a bind. Exactly. They get themselves into debt, can't pay for their car, their house gets foreclosed, or they're not paying for rent, stuff like that. And, and you know, you're trying to impress people that 
that don't give a fuck about you. Right. You know, you're trying to look cool on Instagram to post those 10 or 15 stories at the strip club. You know, I see all these people, they go to the strip club and they got the Rolexes on. They got the Cuban links. They go and they get a bottle. They order, you know, $1,000 and ones and they start posting it and all this shit. And they end up spending, you know, three, four grand in the night, you know, to impress motherfuckers that you barely know and to impress a couple girls that you're not going to have nothing with in the future. You know, and I and I made a very good point about it, you know, and it's funny because those same motherfuckers that do all that shit, you know, they leave the club at 5 a.m. in those rented Lambos and those rented fucking right. McLarens, you know, just to fucking pull up to your mom's house. And then, you know, you got to make sure you fucking tippy toe across the living room. So you don't wake you, her ass or up. Or you're going to wake her ass up and she's going to come and start bitching at you. You know, what's the, fuck's the point damn. of that shit? Exactly. Exactly. You know, you know? What I mean? and, and, and you you're a big witness of. These dumbasses who fall behind on their payments. Absolutely. Because your specialty, and, and, and I know we haven't spoken about it yet, so you're a repo man. I'm a repo man in, in, in Miami, Florida, in the 305. And and you've done, I mean, if, if you people don't understand what a repo man is, this guy's basically trying to steal his car, a company's car back because you're lazy ass, whatever it is that you did, whether you're going through some hard times or you're just living outside your means, like what we're pointing out, you didn't make your payments and you're supposed to play fucking ninja and find where this car is at and then take it back and and it causes a lot of fucking ruckus, bro. Man, this 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 job I have is very, very stressful. It's um it's very dangerous. You know, a lot of people know me in Miami and built a reputation on it. Um but it brings me back to what we were talking about, the whole living outside your means. If you know I've repoed people's cars who I know who I used to, you know, I follow on Instagram, and I think these motherfuckers are doing it. You know? Right, right. Oh Balling. shit, my dog got the, you yeah. know, my dog got the Lambo, and oh shit, look at him at the strip club with you know all the women, and the, and the money, and the bottles, and the jewelry, and right. all this shit. And then here I am pulling up to the same motherfucker's house at three a.m. You know, picking up his Beamer and shit because he's fucking three payments behind. Yeah. And then they're all in fucking shock, like, oh, what the fuck's going on? You know, it's like, you know, what you think you got? You just blew three grand at booby trap. But you're only fucking your thousand dollars on your car, you know what the what the fuck's going on? You know, like have you ever had a friend or let me let's not say friend because that might be uh, I don't know if you if you've done that before. <laughs> let's just you know, but somebody who wasn't that close doesn't matter if they were they were. Have you ever had a friend who you had to take their shit and they try to talk you out of it and you had to tell them like, bro, not only is this a paycheck for me. Because it's, I'm not, you don't have to disclose what you get paid, but I know it's handsome. I know you guys do fucking great. You got to tell this guy, like, you want me to lose money because you're being a pencil neck and I know you're doing some dumb ass shit. Yeah, like sometimes I do got to explain to people who I've known in the past and situations like that that I've rolled up on. But what pisses me off more is that instead of understanding that I'm there to do a job, that this ain't fucking random. Right. I wasn't driving down the block and I said, oh, fuck it, damn, that's a nice, that that shit will look good on the back of my torture. Let me go ahead and hook it up. I'm there for a reason. You get me? They send me to fucking pick this shit up for a reason because you ain't paying for it. A lot of people got it fucked up thinking that when they pull out a car, it's theirs. Oh, this is my shit. You know, you're not touching my shit. You know, no correction, motherfucker. This shit belongs to the bank. Right. You know, it, it ain't yours. So you made that last payment and they send you that title in the mail. All you're doing is they're lending it to you. You can have it for now until you pay me what I, you know, what if the you total abide, price on if that you car. Abide if you abide by the contract, rules, yeah. You can go ahead and keep driving it, but it's ain't your car. Right. You know, show me a title with your name on it. That's where they got it, you know, twisted. So when I go to do my job, you know, they 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 get pissed. Like, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be doing you a favor. Like, motherfucker, weren't you the same 
Dumbass on Instagram last night, a booby trap with six right. women and the four fucking bottles of Don Julio and the fucking $2,000 at once. And weren't you balling yesterday and now you're bitching because I'm, I'm picking up your car for non-payment? You know, make up your mind. Are you balling or are you not? But it brings us back to the point where it's it's called, you know, you know the term Instagram ballers, you know? Right. The flex, you know, trying to look hard for people you don't fucking know. So everybody that goes on Instagram, they follow you. They're like, oh, this motherfucker's really doing it. This, this motherfucker's got the life, you know? Look at the women. Look at the cars. Look at the shit he be doing. Look at the place he goes out to eat. Like, it's all fucking, he, he's got it. So what do you do? You know, what do all these motherfuckers do? They start commenting on shit like that, right? And what do these guys live off of? The likes. Of course. The comments. Yeah. The attention. Oh, look, I just opened up my Instagram and I got fucking seven DMs, you know, from all these different women wanting to go out and all these guys telling yeah. me I'm the man and I'm a boss and all this shit. And that's a high for them, you know, to feel all fucking hyped up and feel big because, you know, they feel like there's somebody and people are looking up to them. In let, reality, me, they fucking live in a fucking box. Let me ask you this. Let me put you on the spot because you, you speak about a high. Do you get a high when you when you do these <laughs> licks? You know, I mean, some shape or form, they're licks, you know, in a weird way. It, it, yeah. it's, it's you doing some... Not shady shit, but like it, it's some real ninja like shit. You a lot are of people. You, you, this a lot this of people ain't say this it. ain't you're parked in the wrong spot, and I'm just like a tow tuck. Yeah, regular. No, tow, yeah. you're trying to be sneaky. You ain't trying to be seen, and you know that violence ha- will come your way. Definitely, it's it's like a lot of people say. You know, you know, the term is you know license to steal. You know, legally, because technically we're stealing cars, but you know, legally, I'm definitely going in. You know, in the middle of the night, I'm waiting for you to get out of the car. You know, you see my videos. You know, I've been following people. You know, I I, I turn it into a little something. A lot of little people know and, and, you know, that comment and hit me up on wanting to get into this shit. And I'll tell them, hey, listen, don't let my Instagram fool you. Don't let these videos and shit fool you because I put the little sound right. and the emoji and all this bullshit right. following them. You know, and everybody's fucking dying with it, which is, you know, entertainment for you guys. But this shit gets real and it gets real, real fucking quick. You know, so, I've been so look, shot at. So, I've been into serious situations where, you know. Right. It, and, and, and I, and I, I want to talk about that because even I didn't know, Alex. Like, I, I had no idea. I know that your Instagram following, you know, there's people out there with crazy followings. But to me, the minute you're 5,000 and more, you're doing something. And, and if you're a slow grind, like, whatever, not not like you're a one-hit wonder who just happened to do something and Blow went viral. Overnight, yeah. yeah. Then that, I even respect it more. So, you know, I'm looking at your following. You're just about 11,000 on Instagram. And I'm like, man, that's fucking great. You know, it should be. It should be more because your videos are fucking dope. They're funny as hell. You show the process. You do the video editing. You fucking yeah. put the right song depending on what it is. If, it, if it's in the morning and you're, you're like five in the morning, sun's going up, you put some goddamn wake up, wake up, wake <laughs> up, you know. Um, yeah, you when right. somebody's chasing you, you put, uh, you know, something, some word, run, run, run. What You clown with it. But little did I know that these videos have been so successful for you on TikTok. You literally yeah. have a following just under 500,000. That's amazing. And it goes to show how much people are entertained by the shit that you go through. Because it is some dangerous shit. It can be funny, but is the high there? The high is there, man. Yeah. It honestly is. I can't, you know, I'm not going to bullshit you online and say, oh, it's just a job. It's not. It's the adrenaline It's part of me. It. It's yeah, part, it's part of, of it. It's what gets me going. Right. I can't do... This normal towing shit. I can't yeah, be out there right. fucking changing flat tires and unlocking cars because you left your key inside. You know, and I'm not looking down on anybody who does that. Of I got course, a lot of friends yeah. who do that shit. But for me, it was definitely the adrenaline of being sneaky, following people, trying to get the hard. I didn't want the easy shit. You know, I didn't want the cars that were just there sitting for the taking. I right. wanted the motherfuckers that were doing Uber Eats or Uber and I had to follow them and wait for the right moment to get them. 
motherfuckers that were hiding their cars behind gates and backyards, blocking them in with other cars. I like the challenge. Right. Because at the end of the day, when I was successful with it, that was the fucking high. You know, everybody thinks it's just a tow truck and shit. You have me on TikTok. You know, my TikTok definitely blew up to almost a half a million followers already based on all the crazy shit I would post. You know, right. it wasn't just me grabbing a car, pulling out of a driveway. Oh, no, that's was, the last thing that you do. Yeah, It was me jumping a fence, you know, yeah. running through somebody's yard to, you know, to unlock a car that was locked and put it in a neutral and actually just pushing it out with no tow truck. Right. Or moving a car to grab another one. Sometimes you, yeah, sometimes you'll call a homeboy and I'll you'll have him. i boys a, and I'll have him grab one car and you so got, I can you grab got the other names one. names to the maneuvers that you guys do. Yeah, <laughs> it, and it's it's a fucking art form, of believe course, it or not. Yeah. A lot of people, it's, it's an art form. You know, it's not like normal shit when you got to get so good at this shit that where you grab the car the first time, you're out with it. You don't get that fucking second or third chance because, you know, most of the cars we're going after are in the hood from these gang bangers or drug dealers, and it, it, it is what it is. Right. But they ain't ready to give up their car, and they're going to fight for their car. You know, nowadays, these, these motherfuckers are fighting cops and popping off on nobody. Yeah, of course. You know, a repo crazy. guy? Yeah, they're not going to think twice. think twice to shoot out a repo man that's taking their fucking car well, out of their yard yeah, at 3 in the morning? Right, right. To them, it feels like, motherfucker, you're trying me right now. Like, you're stealing my car. Fuck the paperwork. Fuck that you're allowed to be here legally, you know, by law. I, they just take it as, nah, this motherfucker ain't about to go into my yard at 3 o'clock in the morning and fucking pull out my car. Right. And, you know, ain't going to be no consequences about it. No, it's, it's, and, and, it's, and not, it's tough. You mentioned the law. Are they typically on your side or has there been? And, and, and I don't want you to snitch on yourself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, dead ass, for real. It's, it's all on you. But nah. um, have you either, did you, have you ever done something where it was like the cops were like, well, look here, look here, Alex. You know you were wrong for that, but we also know that you were here with the right reason, this and that. Don't do that again. Kind of let you slide because they think you're kind of just doing your job, so on and so forth. Or they never had enough evidence. They were always on your side. They know that you're just here doing your job, and at the end of the day, there was no real illegal shit done. It's gone both ways. <laughs> he takes a sip right after that. <laughs> it's, gone, it's gone both ways. It's gone both ways. I got to be honest. I've okay, done definitely okay. shit that I'm not supposed to do to get some of these cars out. Okay. You know, okay. I'm not going to go into the fucking details of right, it. Right, right. Okay. But, yeah, there's shit that we're allowed to do and shit we're not allowed to do. And I'd be fucking bullshitting. Everybody watching this will know I'm bullshitting right. if I were to tell you I've done everything by the book. Right. I haven't. You know, if I did everything by the book, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. I wouldn't have the reputation I have. And, I, you know, I wouldn't be as successful as I am in this industry. Doesn't that damn near apply to almost everything? Absolutely. Like, real shit. I don't give a fuck. And I'm I, I'm not trying to say cops, but from cops to corporate people to, like, hey, you got to bend some rules in order Anybody. To, to really make shit happen, you know? Right. If everybody, you know, and I'm not trying to fucking, you know, recommend breaking the law or yeah, breaking different. rules. Right, right. But... And any, you know, real industry or career job you're doing, unfortunately, you do got to bend the rules sometimes to make shit happen. And and that's the gist of it. You know, I've been very blessed that all the crazy shit I have done, I've never been in trouble for it. I've never been arrested on a repo, never gone to jail for it. Nice. But yeah, I've done, I've been reprimanded for shit that I shouldn't have done on the spot with cops, with banks, you know, people that have found out certain things that I've done. Okay. And shit like that. But um, as far as the cops having our backs and everything here, I think it's more of a 50-50 it depends on the officer that comes out to the scene. You know, I've gotten into serious fights with more cops than I have with the actual owner of the car because the cops come out and they get stupid and you got to drop the car, beat your piece and all this shit. And then I've had cops that come out where I'm talking about they literally pull four people out of the car. Be like, yo, you got to get out. You know, cars are free. But we're not paying for it. You know, either you walk or you go to jail. So I'm not going to get into the, you know, was that allowed? Was the cop allowed to tell them that? Are you allowed to do what you do? So I'll leave it at that as far as, you know, have I done shit I'm not supposed to do? Yes, absolutely. Have cops been on my back 
for doing shit I'm not supposed to do? Yes. Have they sometimes backed me up and let me take the car? Yes. Okay. So it's it's a 50-50. Yeah, to me, it all depends on who comes out to the scene, the scenario, where you're at, and, you know. It's an organic, it's an organic real balance. It's not no real true favoritism. Yeah, it's, it's no just, true favoritism. It all depends on the situation. The, cars the cop fall, that right comes there. out, right. the way, the, the you know, your attitude towards the cop, the attitude exactly. towards the person's, you know, the person. Cop the might cop. be having a bad day. Cop might be having a good day. You know, maybe yeah. the cop got his car repoed a week ago. And now he wants to and fucking he, tell you to he fuck, says, fuck off. Or yeah. he, he caught his wife fucking a tow truck driver. Yeah. And now he's like, <laughs> fuck this, you know. You know, oh, you ain't taking man. shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I can't tell them, hey, you know, I know what I'm supposed to be doing. You right. know, check yourself. You know, whatever they pretty much tell me to do at the end of the day is the way I end up going to avoid the problem. So so that that's that's nice and fun on the mild, you know, the mild end of things. Give, give me, spice it up for me a little bit. Tell me tell me some wild shit because, I mean, you got too many videos, too many. First of all, you've been doing this how long? You, you, you started working for a company and you did that for how long before you did your own thing? So I started Rebels when I was 21. 21. You're 28 right old. now. Okay. Well, I'm going to be 28 on uh, on Thursday. Thursday. Okay. I started doing Revo shortly after my 21st birthday. And like I had said, you know, I had always wanted to get into it growing up. I, I was watching the shows, you know, Operation. That's right, yeah, yeah. What yeah. was it? Yeah, okay, there I you go. I was watching Operation Repo. That was, a, was, that was a, whatchamacallit, stage show. Um, some of that, you know, that was, I'm not 100% sure if that one was staged. That was actually one of the ones that I thought was more of a reality show that the cameras would actually follow these people on actual repossessions and stuff like that. The ones that are staged, which are still very insane, the Miami South one. Beach Toll. Yeah, you know what? You just corrected me. You're totally right about South that. South Beach Toll, okay. Lizard Lake, those are all staged right. shows. Because but, of know, the popularity that Operation... Correct. I got. That yes. was one back in the day okay, when I was right. a kid. And I remember watching that show with my dad on fucking Sunday mornings on True TV and shit. And I remember, you know, us fucking laughing and having a great time watching this shit. Shout out to True TV, man. I was a Shout big fan of that. Shout out to True that. TV. They used, that, you know, yeah. these, these people used to get jumped and they'd yeah. fucking go on these missions and stuff like that. And watching that, I was always into it. I always loved the, the fucking aspect of it. Right. I remember we'd be out. And I see a tow truck pull into a parking lot, you know, in a shopping center. And I used to tell my, oh, wait, wait, you know, look, look. It's a, I know, and I know it's a repo truck because it had no lettering. It had just the R number and shit like that. And I would go and I would see it and they would hook up the car and I would leave. And I remember watching that shit, like, you know, all hyped up because I knew the background of it. I was old enough right. to understand, like, you know, technically they're stealing a car yeah. you know, without the person knowing. And that, that shit was just a little always, adrenaline. Yeah, a little was, adrenaline. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't even fucking doing it yet. Right, right. So I was like, man, when I'm fucking, when I'm old enough, I gotta fucking, I gotta get involved in this shit. Okay. And that's what I did. You know, um, I was 21. I, I had a buddy of mine who was doing the spotting. Who were, those are the guys that just drive around, you know, spotting the cars that are up for repo. Okay. And he was real involved in it. And, you know, he's like, hey, you know, I can put you in. You know, I can get you. You know, I can get you started in it. And you know, I went for an interview with the company, and I got the job, and I started doing it part time because I was working with my dad still up during the day. So I started doing it part-time at night from around 6 in the afternoon till 12 at night, uh, three days out of the week. And on the weekends, I'll do a full shift. I'll do from 7 at night to 7 in the morning. And I started just doing the spotting, getting familiar with the software and how everything works and stuff like that. And, and you said, you told me, correct me if I'm wrong, that per car, and it depends on everything, right? Year, model, uh, value, whatever, per car, or maybe what, how much is owed. I don't know. You can, again, correct me if I'm wrong. That determines, and you don't got to spill details, that determines the commission that you get per repo. Correct. Um, depending on the bank, depending on who, you know, the client is, if it's, an, uh, you know, someone who owns the actual dealership, yeah, there are different prices for, you know, the car. You know, I'm not going to charge you the same amount of, you know, money that I'll charge you to go repo, you know, a Toyota Camry as opposed to, you know, a Bugatti or something like that, mm -hmm. theoretically speaking. So, yeah, there's di different commission and uh, different scenarios for the car and for the bank. 
So it varies in, you know, how much you're going to end up making, you know, at the end of the repossession. So apparently you saw that there was some good money making here. And at some point you decided to get your own and start your own. Correct. So at some point I definitely decided that, you know, I wanted to branch off on my own and um, see what I can make happen. So I ended up buying my own tow truck. My dad helped me out in that process. Um, and I ended up continuing uh, working for the person who I left for, not the people who I originally started with. I went to a different company okay. to uh, get my repossession license because in, in Florida, at least, not every state, but in Florida, you have to be licensed by the state to do car repossessions. You can't just know how to drive a tow truck and go ahead and do it. Okay. So Florida requires you to be licensed. What, what is that? But let me interrupt you. What is that process like? Is that is that a two-month course? Is that a, just a one test? It's a school, what is it? It's a, school, it's a school class that you take online. Um, you can take it in person as well. And then you take a test at the end of it, you know, pretty much it's nothing crazy. You got to have a clean record. Okay. You know, you can't have no felonies, can't be convicted of any crazy crimes and stuff in order to do that. Um, so it's not impossible to get, you know, as long as you have a clean record and you know what you're doing, you take the class, you take the test. The hardest part is finding a company to sponsor you. So the way it works here in Florida is that a, an actual repossession company has to say, go ahead and be like, okay, you know what? I like you. I see you want to get your repo license. I'm going to go ahead and sign this paper. And you do what they call as an internship for a year. You have to work under a specific company for a year oh, okay. and under a sponsorship that they're giving you to do repossessions. Now, you say the sponsorship, so you are getting paid but not paid as an employee? No, you're getting paid for the repossessions, but they're, they're sponsoring you under their company. So you can't do repossessions anywhere else. else. Oh, you have okay. to be specific to that one company. Got you. So then at six months, they do like a six-month review where the state will reach out to the company you're with and they'll say, hey, is this person still with you? Are they doing good? The company will sign off, say, hey, everything's good. So it's like a progress report. Then you go for another six months. Same company, same scenario, same everything. And at the end of the year, they could sign off on your sponsorship, meaning now you can go, if you wanted to, you could go open up your own repossession company, pull out your own licenses, stuff like that, and you get a different license. So there's two licenses, an internship license and then a full repossession license. And this is pretty much the process you eventually followed? That's the process I eventually followed. There's mm -hmm. no way around it. You had to do okay, it. Okay, okay, right. So I found a company you know, in Broward to sponsor me. I did my sponsorship. I got my own repossession license where I was able to do whatever I needed to do. I stayed with that company. I ended up getting my own truck, opening my own company, and I started subcontracting for that company, meaning so they had so much work that, you know, right. they contra subcontracted out like other companies and stuff do with, with certain things. So they'd send me a specific amount of repos to go after, and I'd go after them with my truck. Then I started advertising my company a little bit, and I started getting my own dealers and stuff like that. Um, and I stuck with that. And, you know, I ended up falling out with the person I was with and went my own way altogether. But the point of it is, is that, um, you know, here in Miami, at least, you know, opening up your own business, anything in general, not just tow trucks or repos or whatever. This isn't easy. There's a right. lot of competition in everything you do. When, when, when did you decide to start recording stuff? Was that immediate or was that after? No, it wasn't immediate. Um, I never, I would record it, you know, or I would start recording more like if something happened. But as far as posting it and everything like that, like all the crazy shit, it wasn't from the very beginning. Um, once I saw that, you know, you know, I remember I posted one video for shits and giggles, you know, it was a repo that went bad and it blew up, you know, a bunch of people ended up reposting it. These big pages started reposting it and I started getting, you know, followers off of that and people hitting me up. So I said, man, that was just one video. You know, right. what happens if I would actually fucking really just put some effort, put some effort and start yeah. posting some real unedited, like reality yeah. shit, Wild nothing shit. staged, yeah. nothing fucking scripted, raw unedited shit, which is what I started doing. 
you know, I had TikTok had been open forever, and everybody had been telling me to open up a TikTok, and I was just like, ah, I don't really fuck with TikTok. You know, yeah. I thought it was more. Kids, like dancing. Kid kids, kids dancing, kids dancing. That's all we think. Yeah, kids in supermarket making stupid videos right, and right. pranks and shit like that. I didn't right. really see it being a platform for what I do. I did the same thing, bro. So I was very, I was very fucking skeptical. I was like, I don't really go fuck about TikTok. You know, my Instagram blew up to what some for you know, based on what I was posting. Not right. even on my actual Instagram, what I was posting on my story, which would end up disappearing in fucking twenty four hours. Mm. And that shit started growing. So I said, fuck it, you know, let's let's open up a TikTok. Let's see what happens. And fucking took off. Oh. Way faster than what I thought it was gonna take off. What's 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 the most views you've had on a video? And right not, now, not not YouTube because we're gonna get to YouTube on TikTok. Um, well, TikTok goes more for the likes and the comments. I've had a little over fifteen million uh, views on one video. Jesus Christ! Um, on TikTok, and you know, four hundred thousand likes on one video. Um, and 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 here's, like here, here's a funny shit that you you had asked me. You know, when we were hanging out when we had lunch. You were asking me how many subscribers I had, and, and, and I was, you know, telling you that. And, and I'm over here proud of my little, you know, subscription amount because, you know, I've only been doing this so long. And with podcasting, it's different. You know, mm-hmm. you're, not, you're not putting out quick fire drama, fucking yeah, almost yeah, getting yeah, shot yeah. at, old, old ball Cuban chasing you with a fucking hierro in the <laughs> hand, you know, and you're pulling the gun out on him. Like, you know, people love that wild shit and they like that quick shit. So, I, you know, I don't expect any kind of the same success like that with due time. But, and then I asked you, I go, why? And you're like... I have a YouTube channel. And I'm like, oh, shit, you do as well? Yeah. But, but I only got two videos. I'm like, but why? You have like fucking 50 TikTok videos. Yeah, I know. And then you told me you're very busy. Yeah, yeah. And you, you're, you're going to work on that. And I know you're going to kill it. We go to your YouTube channel. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I got 50, 56,000 subscribers yeah. on two videos. That was a kick in my dick, bro. <laughs> <laughs> two fucking videos. You got yeah. 56,000. It just goes to show you that people love... To see that type of wild shit. That was definitely a wake-up call for me. You know, yeah. When I was, you know, with people who were looking at my YouTube and were like, yo, how the fuck is this even possible, you know? I know motherfuckers that have 25, 30 videos. They've been trying to fucking blow this shit up for a year, year and a half. Right. It took me about, I'm going to say maybe six months with those two videos to get to over 50,000 subscribers. One of those videos has 33 million views. The other one has 15 million views. That's insane. Don't, yeah. Aren't you supposed to get a plaque sent to you? Yeah, or? At specific time, the way YouTube works is you got to have amount of watch hours. So oh, you told me have, that. That's right. Yeah, since I only have two videos that aren't very long, the watch hours, the views are there. YouTube reached out to me, and they told me, shut up. Like, yo, By the way, I you're fucked fucking up. popping. I forgot to send you the... Oh, yeah, that guy's the, info. Yeah, that's my bad. I, totally I, had, I had gotten an email from YouTube like, yo, like, this shit is popping. You got 50,000 subscribers. This one video has 33 million views. You know, it's all about the watch time, but it's got the videos need to be longer. You gotta start posting more, and man, right. I'm telling you, it's gonna fucking take off. What, what's what's uh, the YouTube channel called? It's called Repo TV. No marks in between, just Repo TV. Repo TV. Damn, bro, do you understand? That's Somebody the, will pay channel. you for that fucking name. Yeah, man. I've Re- had people. I've had Repo people TV? offer me trying to buy my. Uh, I bet you get a big channels. offer for that name. Yeah, so Repo TV is the YouTube, and then Instagram and TikTok is my is what I've been known for. Repo Daddy, right? That's which been you know my name since day but, one. But and I, and I know we want to talk about it. You know, uh, you actually decided to tone that down, though. You actually decided to, to start yeah. start walking away from the Repo Daddy obviousness of your truck and your yeah. tag because people were starting to um yeah you know i was very um i was very recognized in miami not just because of the truck but you know me in general so yeah i definitely had repo daddy on the back of my truck everybody would know you know i'll drive by or be him and everybody oh shit that's alex that's repo daddy this is and right, that right and it was cool you know but that definitely did backfire on me because i started getting a lot of heat 
you know, I ran, there's more than one situation that I ran into somebody that recognized the truck because of my name on the back window and started a confrontation because I had repoed their car in the past or they had seen it on social media and they linked the truck to me. So I definitely did take the name off and I did decide to smart decision. shy it's away from that of being so out there with, you know, with what I was doing. Right, right. But well, yeah. I, I think that's a great decision because nowadays people are trying to retaliate for just any kind of dumb shit. Correct. What's up, everybody? Just want to take a quick second to tell you guys thank you so much for all the love and support. We are officially into season four of the podcast, and I have an array of brand new guests that you guys are going to love. For now, enjoy the rest. Yeah, brother. I mean, listen, man. At the end of the day, your job has a lot of wild ass moments, and and hopefully, all my fucking viewers and subscribers will go follow you and, and check you out for themselves because we're not going to do it any justice here when they get to see the real video yeah. footage, especially with all your great editing. But for for all intended purposes, for the people listening and watching, bro, give us a few of these stories, man, because, again, there's a just a fluctuation of wild ones, funny ones, crazy ones, shit where you did some goddamn ninja sneak into the garage, I don't know what the, you know, just yeah. all kind of things, man. You know, give us some highlights from so, whatever. Funny to funny to bad, bad to funny, however you want. So one was, which was the one you you know we had spoken about and you had seen in the past, was that old man over there at that public shopping center. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that was a repo that was about, I want to say maybe about four years ago. Yeah, about four years ago uh, in a shopping center at Publix in, uh, in Pembroke Pines, actually, in Broward. Okay. And with a car we had been following for a long time, the guy was in and out of the car. You know, I had a spotter following him too, and this was one of those, you know, tough repos to do. So finally, the guy, you know, he gets out of his car to go into Publix real quick. So I finally said, fuck it, you know, I got I got time. So I go ahead and grab the car. And before I could take off with it, I guess he peeped it through the window. And the guy had come running out. I was an older man. Um, you know, he was very respectful in the beginning. You know, he knew what time it was. He knew he had been paying his car. He explained to me that he was living in the car, which made me feel bad and everything, you know, given, you know, the stance that you don't want to take anybody's car, especially if they're living in it. Right. But at the end of the day, I got a job to do. So, you know, he was very cool in the beginning, and he said, hey, can I get my stuff out of the car? I said, go ahead and get your stuff out of the car. No problem with that. So I had my back to him, you know, which was a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. I always should have been keeping an eye on everything. But I had my back to him, and he opens up his trunk, and I'm thinking he's here getting his shit out of the trunk. And then I hear, like, clicking, you know, and I'm very, I'm a gun enthusiast as well as you know that. I'm very into guns. So I know what, you know, rounds and shit sound like. So I, you know, I, I kind of hear a little something that sounds like that, and I turn around, and this motherfucker's putting two, two, three into a magazine in his trunk. He has an AR-15 laid out in his trunk. Holy! And he fuck. had he's grabbing the magazine, and instead of getting, he's literally putting. Is know, this on camera? This I had a body cam on at the time, and I I was able to get part of it. Wow! So he's there, and he's like like if he's at the fucking gun range, and he's just there, and he's putting two, two, three. Sin pena. Sin pena. Ahí al aire. Ahí putting fucking two, two, three into a magazine. Wow. So I was like, I was like, yo, yo, what are you doing, man? And he's ignoring me. So he's there and oh, he's that's putting so scary. it in. God damn, that's so, scary. And the moment that he he finally done, he 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 lifts up the ER, he, he puts the magazine into the ER. I go ahead and pull out my gun because I'm, you know, I got a gun on me as well. And you see that in the video, which I had showed you. Right. Um, so I pull out my gun and I'm pointing my gun straight at him and I'm telling him, yo, don't even think about it, you know. If you point that gun at me, I'm gonna have to kill you. And he's ignoring me there, and he, you know, he literally puts one in the chamber, but he doesn't pull it out of the trunk. He's holding it, and I already got him at gunpoint. So I got my spotter next to me, and, and she's calling the cops. You know, I said, listen, call the cops right now. Tell them what's going on. So I got this guy at gunpoint in the middle of fucking Publix at, like, 9 o'clock at night. So people are fucking watching, and they stop, and they're looking around and shit. 
And they're looking like, what the fuck's going on? And I got this guy at gunpoint. And my adrenaline really did start going at that point. Because that was actually the first time that I was in a situation like that where I had to pull my gun. Where I thought there could be a time where I'm, you know, I might have to kill, kill this guy. This guy right. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's self-defense. So I'm begging this guy pretty much, hey, don't do it, please, I'm like, man. I'm like lost of breath over here. I'm still, I'm still trying to, like, yeah, I haven't you know, got my whole breath right I'm now. I'm telling him, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to negotiate. I'm telling him, listen, man, don't do it. It's not worth it. It's a car. You can get it back. You know, this, this, and that. And the guy's not saying a fucking word to me. He's tunnel vision on that gun and 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 whatever the fuck he's got going on in his mind. And so, how, how much older do you think he was? At least 60s? He was in his 60s. Okay. He was definitely in his 60s. Um, And, you know, he's ignoring me. I still got him at gunpoint. And you see all this in the video. And then the guy puts the gun down in the trunk, and he just takes out a fucking hunting knife. Big-ass fucking knife, which you see in the video. Probably like a fucking 12-inch fucking, you know, yeah. hunting knife. It wasn't right. even a fucking, you know, pocket knife or switchblade. It was a fucking big-ass. I thought it was a rebar. Was, I didn't know. I didn't know. It was, it was, it was a fucking Rambo shit, you right, know, fucking right. big-ass hunting knife that, you, you know, I use for fucking hunting. And he pulls it out, and he has it in his hand, and he starts walking towards me. And I told him, I listen, man, I, you know, that's still a deadly weapon. If you come at me, I'm going to have to kill you. And I always told myself, you know, I've had my concealed, you know, since I was 21 years old. I've always been into guns. My dad, you know, I've always trained. I've always gone to the range. And I always told myself, you know, if I'm ever in that situation, I'm not going to have a hard time, you know, defending myself, this, this, and that. So now, you know, I got a guy that's got a hunting knife. This is all running through your head all at running fucking through my warp head. speed. Yeah, warp speed. I got my gun pointed at him, you know, point Damn. blank, you know, the way we are right now. Right. And thinking, you know, him seeing the gun and everything will fucking like, oh, shit, you know, I ain't trying to die. I just got a knife, you know. I don't want to do this, but the guy was so fucking zoned out. You start thinking, I'm a, I'm really going to have to kill somebody. Yeah, I was running through my mind. I was like, man, I can't believe this is going to be it. This is going to be the day that I have to take somebody's life over, you know, what the fuck I do for a living. Wow. So I'm pointing the gun at him, and he starts walking towards me. And, I'm, you know, I'm backing up. You know, I'm not cornered. I'm this is all on video, guys. All so on video. Go check it out. I promise you. Yeah, you I got that video there. Um, so this is all on video. You know, I'm backing up. You know, the spotter's there. She's freaking out. You know, people are around, you know, kind of filming from a distance because they see the situation. And the guy starts coming at me, and I'm telling him, yo, man, don't make me kill you. If you come at me with that knife, I'm going to have to kill you. And the guy starts chasing me. You see that in the video. Yeah, he starts, like, fast. The guy starts, the guy picks up the knife. Yeah. He had it in his hand, picks up his knife like this with his hand, yeah. and starts running at me like if he was going to put it in between my eyes. And even in that moment, I still didn't shoot him. You know, I, I fucking, I held myself and I just started running backwards. Right. Which is good. Which is a smarter decision. Which, yes. You know, I didn't have to do that. You know, of course, stand your ground law in Florida. I didn't have to do that. And I'm fucking running backwards, looking back, making sure I don't fucking trip on anything. And this guy's Cause fucking, if you do, that could be I'm your fucked. life. Yeah. Exactly. You know, so I'm making sure I don't, and he, and finally he stops and I still didn't take the shot. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, what the fuck am I doing? Why can't I fucking, you know, waste this guy? And it's, it's, man, when you're in that moment where you're making that decision, it's fucking hard. And I've had so many people tell me, friends of mine that conceal carry, that aren't cops, you know, that just conceal carry and they're into guns and they're like, oh, I would have shot that guy. Yeah, okay. I would have done this. I would have done that. I wouldn't even give him a chance to even step to me with the <laughs> knife. You know, you didn't have to do that. And I was like, man, I had that same mentality. I used to say the same shit. First motherfucker that comes at me with a knife or even a baseball bat is getting fucking two in the head. I said, man, you don't know what it is to be in that situation until it's there, of course. Until it's fucking there, and you're literally pointing a gun, and you have to make that decision. Do I really want to end this guy's life? Do I really want to fucking live with this for the rest of my life? Yeah. 
Because it's yeah. not just you yeah. kill somebody, you go home, and fucking Mo- life goes on. Multiple lives will be altered in the most craziest way this if shit, that would have went down. This shit fucks with you. Any of his family, you, this your family, family, me, my any, family, any witnesses, anybody close, like, it's just no, no, no. Seeing somebody die, seeing somebody yeah. get shot in person Listen, will fuck with you. You got room to back up so that he's not going to endanger you? 100%. You, you, you did the right thing. Like I had told people, you know, when cops, you know, the cops got there after, the guy did end up backing off. He ended up dropping the knife. The cops got there. They put him in handcuffs, you know. So I end up showing the I wouldn't video. have been mad if you shot him in the leg, though. You see, you, <laughs> I you know they do say, that. don't shoot in the yeah, leg. I know. I, I know, thought about I know. that. You can't. Unfortunately, know. you, you got to shoot to kill. You and, can't and you shoot don't, to you injure. Don't, you don't have a taser, homie? I do have a taser, believe it or not, that I got recently that my dad fell in love with and he ended up fucking staying with it that I don't even carry on. I think, you, no I think you should have a taser for those viejos that you don't want to fucking kill, bro. Not just viejos, in general, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, at the end of the day, you know, when it was said and done, the cops saw the video, you know, off the fucking body cam and shit, right. and they were just like, man, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, you should have shot him. Holy moly. Yeah, the cops are telling me, man, you should have shot him, man. You... Oh, right there when he when he lifted it up oh, and went at you, man. Yeah. You were clear to you shoot. You can see that in the camera. You, you can see, see it. That knife yeah. almost point yeah, blank bro. right at me in I the know. video of it happening. Yeah. And the cops are seeing this and they're like, man, why, why did you shoot him? What's the view count on that video? Oh, man, that video, I have it archived right now. I might end up putting it back up. Um, but that view, that, that video was around, uh, you know, 15 million. Jesus Christ. That video ended up getting about 15 million views and about 450,000 comments. Of this positive and both negative, which you're going to deal with in anything. You know, people are like, oh, you're an asshole. I was an older guy. You should have let him keep his car. And then Listen. you had the, the viewers of, oh, man, you fucking handled that the way you should have, like a professional. I know cops that would have fucking, you know, cracked under pressure and you fucking kept it together. So you get both ends of the right. spectrum when, you know, you post something like that. Joe Rogan always talks about not reading his comments, all right? Now, obviously, he's on a different level, but the amount of fucking 15 million views, he doesn't get those all the time. So Correct. something that he says, though, is he, he suggests that people shouldn't read the comments when you're in this type of, you know, position. And I get what he says, but as long as it doesn't fuck with you, like it does with certain people, if you're cool to roll out because, you know... if. If it frustrates you that people are saying, you know, you were so wrong, you should have done this, you should have done that, and that that changes how you are, listen, you reach the level of success that you're at right now because of your attitude, your approach. You can't let these, you know, ding-a-ling fucking, you know, talk you you into some bullshit. You go onto my TikTok right now, you know, everybody that's going to add me or you've seen it yourself, you go into those comments, and most of my videos have over a 1,000 comments, Mm -hmm. and it's both ends of the spectrum. You got people that are praising me and, oh, shit, you know, this and that, and there's people that are fucking talking shit. Like, oh, go get a real job. We're living in a fucking hard times. We got a fucking pandemic. Pay your bills, bitch, or I'll take your shit too. We got a pandemic, and you don't know what it is. And, oh, I hope you never fall into that, you know, into that oh, fucking boy. situation. And I'm just like, you know, you got to look at it. You know, like you said, Joe Rogan doesn't fucking read comments and shit. Obviously, his video's fucking stupid, you know, blowing up. Uh, he don't have the time to sit there and read every motherfucking comment. Neither do I. And my you know, videos ain't even like it's that. It's funny about the, the, the comment that you just referred to because I'm sure that's probably a common thing, you know, where people are, are just mad that you're you're coming at people because you don't you don't know what they're going through and maybe they couldn't make one bill, two bill, three bills, but then they bounce back. They're not just trying to do this, trying to do that. Why would you do this? Those type of shits frustrate the fuck out of me because it's like, so what are you asking me to do? You're asking me to go broke? So you're asking me to not do my job. To you're asking me to switch careers, because you want me to understand and 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 guesstimate that one out of five to eight people are just going through a rough time that they're gonna they intend on bouncing back on. That's what you want me to do. Get the fuck out. Listen, of here. people people go through hard times no matter what. All of us, bro. All of us. Okay. 
people go through hard times. Now, there's nothing you could do about that. That's part of life. Right. Now, I do have fucking sympathy, and I feel bad sometimes, you know, because there are times and situations where I'll roll up, and the person, they lose their job, they're getting divorced, you know, they're going through a rough time in their life. Right. And unfortunately, this is part of it. But the motherfuckers I don't feel bad for, the fucking women who I roll up on at the uh, at uh, Dolphin Mall, and I'm hooking up to the car, and they're coming out with fucking three bags. bags of food, yeah. From, I mean, uh, three uh, bags of, from Sephora, a full of makeup, and another yeah. bag full of fucking red bottoms, and all this bullshit. So right, bro. And they're all fucking upset, and give me a chance, and this and that, but they got yeah. fucking $1,500 in fucking in goodies in their fucking bags at Dolphin Mall. They're out, or the motherfuckers who I hook up at the clubs. Or I fucking booby trap. I can't tell you how many cars I've taken out from booby trap on the river. Or these motherfuckers that be parking their cars there and they'll come out, you know, with the Cuban links and the fucking bottle. All these fucking, you know, all these refs and shit. And, you know, I don't look down on it. You but, know, I don't necessarily. But they're in, they're in there blowing money. They're in there fucking they're blowing money. On the, on their car. You know, I don't, and I'm not going to talk shit and be like, oh, you motherfuckers are losers and shit. But, like, come on, let's literally look at the bigger fucking picture here. Where are we at right now? Mm-hmm. You know, we're not at church. We're not at some fucking, you know, I'm not at Publix while you're there trying to fucking at a job interview. We're at the fucking strip club right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. On a fucking Saturday night. Yeah, but you want me to understand your but story. But you want me to understand that you're yeah. going through a tough time right now. Yeah, you got a strip club with a right. fucking bottle in one hand and a thousand ones in the other hand, but I need to fucking feel sorry for you or I need to give you a fucking break? Right. Come on, man. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. Listen, I got, I got, I got stabbed one time. Only time I've ever been stabbed. Um, and it, it really kind of blindsided me. I didn't think that this guy was going to do this. And I don't want to tell the whole long story. But at the end of the day, dude was super coked up. I'm telling him, hey, don't you walk away because your boys damaged my boy's truck. They threw some bottles at his truck. And I don't know if they were confused on who he was, but he didn't know who these guys were. And they were some fucking refugee-ass dudes, all right? Let's keep it 100. Right. So... I'm telling him, oye, get de ahí, get de ahí. No, no, oye, pero no te vas de aquí porque son los amigos tuyos. It's your friends that we just witnessed hit my boy's truck and they damaged his truck and so on and so forth. And the guy starts pushing his wife away and says, like, you know, oye, ponte ahí, get, get away from me, get away from me, get away from me. He turns around. I didn't know he was digging in his pocket and he just lunges right at me. You can't even see the knife. It was so tiny. It's, it's uh, You can tell it's a prison Street thing is called a picacara, you know, something so small that you can get away with carrying it, but it can do damage. So he stabbed me with it on, in, the, in my uh, stomach, right here under my in my sternum. And he came at me again, and I kicked him, and he came at me a third time, and I slipped on some leaves, and he missed his third lunge, which was good. But more of the story is, I was not expecting that at all, and I wasn't even really, like, looking for it. I wasn't trying to fight this guy. He was a small, he was like 5'7". I'm here, I'm a skilled fighter. I'm just trying to tell him, don't go away, bitch, because you are connected to those guys. And if I got to follow you, I'm going to follow you because we're going to find out who these assholes were who just damaged my boy's truck for no goddamn reason. We don't even know who the hell they are. And um, these people that you, you, know, you pull this on, whether they're drunk, whether they're drug dealers, whether they're gangbangers, whether they're who, an old man who might just be going seen now, might be going through some real hard times, you pull out your gun on the old man. How many times has it been pulled out on you? Have you been oh, shot man. at? Have you yeah. been? 100%. Like... For real, for real, shot yeah, at? Yeah, man, I've been shot at. I've had the back window on my truck's been been hit before. Oh, you Lordy. know, I it got to the point where you know, one time, even recently, you know, uh, I would post a lot of that shit. You know, I got my parents on Instagram too. You know, I don't, you know, I wasn't, you know, trying to, I wasn't doing shit that I didn't want them seeing and stuff. But I would post all my shit, so sometimes I would even have to fucking block them. Off you of my story, something so they don't get too so they don't get worried, and it's yeah. like you know, I didn't want them to think that I was out doing shit I wasn't supposed to do. Do is just that you know that shit freaks them out, especially my mom. My mom, 
my mom hates my career choice. I'm going to be blunt about it. She hates what I do. She doesn't like it. She's been dying for me to, you know, find another career path. Uh, you know, my dad's always been... Chill out, mom. Yeah. He's got this. My dad's always been, you know, worried and on top of me, but he's never told me, hey, you know, I don't like what you do. Yeah. I need you to do something else. He's always been supportive. He helped, yeah, he right, helped yeah. me get my first tow truck. If it wasn't for my dad, I wouldn't right. have been able to open up my right. own business doing this. That's what's up. So, you know, he's always had my back, and I've always appreciated him for that. So, yeah, there's times where, you know, I've, I've hid shit from him and my family and even my wife because I don't want him to worry. But yeah, you know, was that I, was that was you getting shot at on camera? Are you always recording the minute you pull up, kind of like a cop? Yeah, I usually, a cop is supposed to you know turn shit on. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. um, I do it not more because of them. I do it for myself, you know, because when there's video, there's no he said she said. Right. And believe it or not, a lot of the repos that I've been able to successfully get at the end has been because of me recording. Oh, you know, wow. the cops will pull up or right. they'll pop off and they'll start saying, hey, nah, this is how it went down. And I was in the car okay. and he, he fucking hit me with the tow truck and all this bullshit. And I'll be like, mm, I don't think so. You know, go ahead and look for yourself. And the cop will see the video and I'll be like, you know, good thing you had that on tape, because if you didn't, I was going to have to tell you, hey. Drop the car, you can't take it. What do you have, Alex? Three camera angles, or is it two? Man, believe it or not, this fucking phone right here, man. I put this fucking iPhone on the back window. I have a mount on my back uh, on my back glass, and I record everything through my iPhone. And I keep it on my iPhone until I, you know, edit it and post it. So what about the chest cam? What is that? That was actually, that was a time I had a, a GoPro. You need to have um, a GoPro, bro. Yeah, I had a GoPro. It was an older GoPro, but it, I had a chest mount for it that was actually on. Uh, that was a bulletproof vest I was wearing, too. Um, I like the combination. I think you need both every yeah, time you no, fucking pull up. A lot of people up. will be like, hey, you were, you know, were, you were a bulletproof vest, and I'll tell them why, or I'll, I'll show them the video and be like, oh, shit, you know, that fucking makes sense. So, yeah, I do wear a bulletproof vest. All right, and, first, uh, first of all, Go, with it. GoPro, we need you guys to fucking sponsor this, yeah, man. Right? Like, dead the send fuck me some serious. Cameras, send me some mounts. Give him the whole setup so that his truck is decked out so that nothing's missed because he's fucking blowing up with the amount of content he's about to start putting out. But... Until these fuckers answer, you need a GoPro, yeah, homie. Yeah. You need I, to get a chest I cam, man. I used to always fucking... Rec I had either something recording off my back window, which would get the whole fucking... The uh, most important part. The most important part right. of the car being repossessed, or I had a body, I had a, a GoPro on a chest mount on my actual bulletproof vest that I would have on me as well, uh, filming the interactions with the people I was dealing with. Right. Um. So as far as, yeah, I have definitely videos that I haven't even posted that I was telling you about that I'm... Probably going to end up sending to that contact you gave me. Right, right. And have them edit some shit so I can start posting it. But I have a lot of fucking shit that I haven't posted that's raw fucking footage. How, of, ma how many times you know, have you had somebody off. trying to drive off the engagement? Like when Man. you're when you're hooked up like and they get in their car yeah. and they try to... I've, like, I've, had that sh I've had so many videos of that shit go down. They, but I've seen some where they'll ruin the tow truck. Yeah, Has luckily, that happened to yours? No. Uh, one time I did, one of the claws ended up getting bent on the tow truck from it. Um, and how, how'd you have to recoup from that? You sue them? No, man. Honestly, I you don't. You took that loss? I fucking take the loss, man. I Damn. take the hit. I remember that the very next day I went to a, a shop there in Hialeah, a welding shop that, that deals with that stuff. He charged me like 180 bucks. He was oh, able okay. to cut, okay. re-weld. Right, well, that's, that's, that's dope. You know, right. Valante, as they say, you know, right. charges to the game. Right, you know, right. I, I can't get caught up with that bullshit and start Go going through all those people. court shit. Yeah, Fuck that just, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got yeah. the car. The truck got fixed. I'm still <laughs> making money. Let's move forward. And, and that's where I go with that. You know, as far as, you know, I've never pressed charges on anybody as far as for shit popped off, being shot at, getting into fights. But I you've got, had the opportunity, though. Yeah, I've had the opportunity. And I don't do it more because I don't got time for the fucking lawsuits. I don't got time for the have bullshit. You been, have you been on the bad end where, like, you, you did get hit? You did get something? I mean, um, I mean, you dodged some I've bullets, had, so that's I've pretty had, good. Yeah, I mean, I've had complaints made against me and shit like that. Um, as far as, you know, I got jumped 
Um, I've been jumped twice. Outside of the duty or during the duty? During the duty. Ooh. I've been in fucking numerous fights. And, um, you know, I've gotten my ass kicked. The two times where I got my ass hit when I was getting jumped. You know, and I tell people, and people that really know me, you know, like, oh, you know, don't let my size, you know, I'm not fucking, you know, 6'4", 300 pounds, you know, I'm right under six feet. But I know how to fight and I know how to defend myself. And I've been in numerous fights. And the two times I've gotten my ass kicked for real was times I got jumped and both of them were on repossessions. You know, my first time was back in 2016, I think, uh, was on a repo in Homestead. You know, a guy came out with all his buddies there in, uh, in, uh, in Homestead and it got real ugly. The guy didn't want to get up the car and... The guy swung at me, missed, I hit him, and, you know, as the fight was going to commence, all his buddies jumped in on top of me, and I got my ass kicked. I went to the hospital, I had two fractured ribs, I had a broken nose, you know, I still ended up getting the car and everything. That's definitely when moms was like, all right, this is it. That was actually the first time, and then um, the second time in, you know, my my career of doing this was in Miami Gardens, um, which actually had another uh, fellow repossession agent there with me, and if it wasn't for him... I probably would have died because that guy fucking pulled me that out. That bad, really? Yeah, I was getting my ass kicked, and he was there, wow. and, he, and he was able to pull one of the guys off of me for me to break loose and get to my truck and take off. I had a dislocated shoulder that I ended up getting surgery for. My face was all fucked up. And um, when people go through that shit, you know, a lot of people who I've known who have tried repos get into a little situation, and they end up getting out of it. Like, yo, this ain't for me. This guy pulled out a gun, or he shot at the truck, and, you know, I got a wife and kid at home and all this other bullshit. I was very shot out doing this in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And even up until recently, I didn't give a fuck what the situation was. I didn't give a fuck if it was in the hood. You know, sometimes the bank would tell me, hey, listen, this guy has a warrant out for his arrest for a burglary or this guy, you know, attempted murder. I didn't, I was never fucking scared, you know? I never said, oh, fuck, you know, shit, maybe I shouldn't do this. Or Again, that weird adrenaline rush, bro. It becomes a fucking... I was fucking shot out. And it did take me getting into some serious situations to fucking tone me down a little okay, bit. Right. You know, when I got jumped, coming back from that, going into my first repossession again, I was fucking shitting bricks. Right. I was scared as fuck because the last memory I had was me getting my fucking ass kicked by multiple people. Right. But before, you know, I was very... Oh, it's in the hood. I don't give a fuck. Oh, they got guns. Oh, I don't care. I got guns too. You know, I was very shot out. I wasn't scared of nobody. I didn't fear anything. I would just go and do what I had to do. And it helped me get to where I'm at. It helped me fucking knock out all these hard repossessions that other people don't want to do. But there are consequences of it. Of course, right. You know, I did get jumped. I've been shot at. You know, know, I've been in crazy fights. You know, so I guess it's... It's a positive and a negative, a positive meaning that I was able to, you know, oh, make with, a name for myself yeah. in this industry by being shot out. It comes with that young but gun, that young gun shit coming in, you know, or doing that. There were definitely stuff. consequences for it. Right. And obviously moving forward, like now, you know, I got a kid on the way. You right. Know, you're married. That's, you know, you know. I'm married. I got a kid on the way. It's going to be here in October. You know, I got a, you know, a stepdaughter that I'm also raising at the same time. So has my outlook changed when I go into a specific repossession as far as, being shot out and saying, fuck it, let's fight, whatever you want to do, I'm bought it. Absolutely. Of course. Now there's cars that I won't even fucking grab. You know, I'll tell you straight up. Wow. You know, okay. situations where like, oh, man, like, it's in the hood, they're looking at me, and I have a feeling that it's going to pop off. Yeah. I'll go ahead and avoid it. I'll say, fuck it, I'm not going to do this right now. Right. I'll try to get this car another day. Right. And being married and having kids and all that stuff definitely is part of the reason of why I, my as mind it should, yeah. is set on that now. Because right. back in the day, I go, fuck, I was so shot out. I didn't give a fuck if the car was surrounded by 15 gangbangers and I was by myself. I was going in and whatever was going to happen was going to happen, you know? I definitely see. Why'd you stop wearing the vest? I still wear the vest. Um, 
you know, it's going to sound like a stupid reason, but yeah, it'll get hot and it'll get heavy and I'll fucking want to take it off and on. And oh, then, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say put it on right before you fucking yeah. do, do to do. But. And, you know, my, my parents say the same shit. You know, they see videos and I don't have it on or pop, you know, times that it's been popped off and it's in the truck. So as far as, you know, I should be wearing it on every single repossession because there's time where you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, I'll do 15 repos in Kendall, you know, in our neighborhood, in the right. hood here where it's everything's usually chill. And nothing will happen. And then I'll go to one in the hood and it pops off. But since I was so comfortable with the last 15, I didn't put the vest on, you know, because I figured since I had 15 go right, number 16 shouldn't be, you know, shouldn't be an issue. But you know what, homie, I would even, and I'm the least bit frantic and over the, you know, too extreme with, you know, measurements and whatnot. But I would go as far as suggesting, like, I don't care if it's 15 in Kendall. One of those 15 in Kendall might be somebody having a horrible day. So, you know, it. Uh, who knows the what? One, the one in the Publix. Viejo, the the viejo. Viejo. That was the last motherfucker who I thought was going to give me he a hard time. He was going to fucking AR you or whatever it was. Yeah. And then he and was going to stab out, you. It like. turns out he was actually a fucking retired Marine. So meaning, so meaning he's, he was, he's up about up that head. fucking life. Exactly. He's seen some shit so and done know, some yeah. shit where, Bro. you know, stabbing a tow truck driver probably would have been like fucking taking out the trash to him. You know, oh, it wouldn't have been a big deal. You never that's horrible, goddamn. To take out the trash. That's, that's the going. fucking truth, you know. That <laughs> yeah, he might have seen some shit and done yeah. some shit. This is secondhand nature yeah, to you, yeah. you know. So it, it and, gets and, wrong. and the truth is, man, you know, even though we're not we're, we're you know, hopefully it seems like we're we're coming out of this COVID fuck shit and all that, you know, bananas. Let's see what's next with this Russia thing. But yeah, right. Um People are calming down a little bit, just a little bit. But everybody's been stressed. Everybody's been going through some shit based upon the COVID influence and so on and so forth. And now, you know, you just never know what kind of day somebody's having. I I just, bro, again, think about the family. Think about this. Think about how many things you've been through. If you can just always keep that fucking vest on on your passenger seat so that once it's, all right, it's time time. I'm I'm about to pull up type shit, you know. Put it on. Put that motherfucker on because you yeah, just ne- you just never know. And get them GoPros, man. We definitely need those GoPros. GoPros. Yeah, like I need every angle filmed. Dude. Definitely. I mean, if anything, think about fucking the movie production behind it, if, if at worst. But really? So it covers your ass on so many other different levels. Yeah, it's not know? just for the content of, you know, social right. media and stuff and entertaining everybody. The definitely having everything filmed has definitely backed me up in situations with cops where the person whose car I'm repoing, they'll start fucking making up lies and, oh, I was in the car and as he was backing up, he ran over my foot with the truck and, you know, having all that in tape has definitely backed me up and helped me repossess some of these cars that I didn't think I was able to get. Um, as far as far on the side, just creating shit to fucking put it on social media to fucking have you laugh. And at the same time, let's be businessmen about it. It's also more great content. Absolutely. It is what it is. You got the fame that you got and you, and you did it with minimum effort. Minimum effort. Now you're going to put some effort into it. We're going to get this video editor. Fucking increase shit. People like that. People like that action. People like that real life shit. That raw shit. Yeah, they really do because it's not on fucking True TV where it's being staged and it's not by, you know, a producer of uh, Jennifer Lopez and shit like that, you know? What's up, everybody? Just want to take a quick second to tell you guys thank you so much for all the love and support. We are officially into season four of the podcast. And I have an array of brand new guests that you guys are going to love. For now, enjoy the rest. Yeah, man. You know, uh, listen, Alex, at the end of the day, though, we know that our world is is a dire place right now. Um, I would say, you know, getting pulling a little bit off the topic of, of your career, the world, you know, yeah, you go through a lot of shit. You go through a lot of crazy motherfuckers. You never know who's going through what. But 
the state of our world right now is not helping at all. Everybody's fucking stressed. Everybody's wondering what the hell is next. We went from this COVID, whatever, scandemic, pandemic, flamdemic, I don't know. <laughs> okay, I don't know. But yeah. um, now we got Russia and Ukraine. That's scary, dog. I don't even know. I think some people, I don't know. I want your take on it. Like, like we're not involved. We don't know what's right, what's wrong. We, we, we both have our opinions, but like, does it worry you, dog? Because I'm a gangster ass yeah, motherfucker, I mean, and I'm a little worried right now. I'm, I'm over mean, here thinking this this man might push a button because he's just like, oh, all y'all want to go against me? Fuck all y'all. Yeah, like, well, I mean, my my opinion on it is like, you know, obviously, you know, I don't have a degree or a background on politics. I pretty much go based on what I see, what I read. I look for the facts, you know. Um, and it is scary. Definitely everything that's going on in this world right now, especially with, you know, Russia invading Ukraine and all stuff like that. And me more, you know, bringing a kid into this world right right now with everything that's going on. You know, I told my mom the other day, that's probably my biggest worry is, you know, everything that's going on in the world, not just here. What am I bringing him you know, into? What am I bringing him into? You know, I'm 28 years old. You know, my son, my kids, you know, my, my daughter has a whole, you know, their whole life's ahead of them. By the way, how, how old is your, your daughter? She just turned seven. Okay. okay. So, you know, that's scary for me. You right, know, of course. wondering what they're going to deal with. You know, am I going to be able to provide and protect them if, you know, some shit were to really pop off. And you look at the bigger picture, like, you know, Russia invading Ukraine. And, you know, that's not just something that came out of left field because, you know, this motherfucker was bored. There's a bigger picture to it. Right. You know, this has been going on for a very long time. And nowadays, you know, war wasn't like the way it was back in the day when there was an invasion and there was, you know, hand-to-hand combat. Now everybody has fucking nukes. Everybody has this crazy-ass shit. You know, China with these EMPs and shit that can, you know, take out communications and, right. you know, a way to travel. So it's fucking scary. You know, it, it definitely, you know, brings worry into into everybody's lives, wondering what the fuck the next move is. You know, if, is Russia going to do something against the United States? You know, there's more involved. Obviously, you know, they're trying to connect everything with, you know, Biden you know, like being that, so corrupt, right. you know, so corrupt with, you know, the Ukraine yeah, and all this. His like, son. His son and those emails and the laptop and all this bullshit. It's like, you know, one of the worst things about what's going on, aside from how, obviously how scary it is and, you know, the, the dynamics of this is war we're talking about. This is a possibility of nuclear warfare, which is even 10 times scarier. But we we don't have any confidence in our sources we have no confidence in the news sources that are telling us what they're telling us. And even those that tell us, you know, well, what side are you on? You know, because if you're part of the Biden administration, well, how deep is this connection to the Biden administration where they're going to tell all these news networks, do not discuss Hunter Biden and the whole laptop thing. Only let those uh, Republican networks handle that, you know? And, and so we don't know who to trust. We don't know what's going on. You know, just... From my understanding, I'm going to say that, you know, as well as I can, so no one tries to throw some some shit on my name. From my understanding, Ukraine, three years ago, was going through some hellified, you know, shit where they were accused of all kind of corruption, um, all kind of scandals, all kind of this, 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 and that, and that. And, and so here, here we have the, 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 and I'm saying this loosely to anybody who's out there, I'm not trying to offend any Ukrainians or Russians, you know, I, I have a couple of you, both friends on both sides, but... Here we have the, the, who are you trying to choose, the lesser two evil? Do we get involved? Should we get involved? Is this a bully trying to, you know, bully down? Or is this a bully saying, 
you're out of line and you, they just don't know it, but we know that you're up to no good, so we, we, need to, we need to put you under control. Like, what's going on? Are we supposed to jump in somebody else's backyard? You know, that they're not part of the UN. They're part of, oh, it's, man, it's just, and people just get stressed out at the thought. They get fearful. They act irrational. Like, man, th- this is some real weird, tough-ass time. It is. They don't know, they don't know necessarily who, which side to listen to. Yeah, You man. know, you got, you know, CNN, you got Fox, you got some that are, um, you know, obviously um, pro- Democrat and pro-Republican. Right. And it, it, it boils down to the fact of, um, you know, what you choose to listen to. Thank you, brother. That's it. We need, we need to get McAllen a sponsor. Oh, man. McAllen needs to get sponsored. At least, at least two or three bottles a month. After today, we're going we're gonna to reach out to we the sponsors. Should. But yes, but yes, we don't know who to, to trust. We don't know who to trust. You know, you, you're looking at the news, and I think what fucks with everybody said is definitely the media. Sitting in front of a TV... All day listening to what the, the media is portraying, right. what they're telling you is going on. And you choose to believe it because that's all that's being fucking fed to you. A lot of people nowadays don't like to do their own research or really go into looking into the facts. Now, I'm a Republican. You know, I'm pro-Trump. Um, you know. Well, people well, don't well agree the channel, with that. channel just got taken down. All there right, you go, right? Down. You know, <laughs> it is what it is. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Of course, brother. Now, hold your I'm, own. I'm pro-Trump. I voted for Trump. Um, you know, I know people that disagree with it they don't like it this and that i don't like to bring um what you see on my channel and stuff i don't post anything political good you know i don't post either pro trump or i don't post anything negative against biden right you know i i'm not a fan of it i'm not a fan of him and everything that's going on but i don't fucking dog shit him the way a lot of people do right and i don't fucking boast up trump like people do i'm very you know i i believe in what i believe in and I look at the facts and I choose to go a certain way, but I don't push it or shove it down somebody's throat. Or just because you tell me, hey, you know, fuck Trump, I'm a Biden supporter, you know, I don't fucking whoop on my phone and start showing you all the bullshit that fucking, you know, Trump did or Biden did or this, this, and that. I respect your opinion as a human being and based on what you know and what you've been told. And if you tell me, hey, this is what I believe in, this is the route I wanna go, hey, that's your opinion. Right. This is my opinion. I don't think there needs to be a battle or a fight because of it. Or me and you can't be fucking friends or have a normal conversation because you see your political views different why, from my political why views. Why does it seem like there's so many, there's so few of us, though, that are like that? Because that's the truth. Unfortunately, there are because, few of because us. Because in, in the, the true reality of it is, is that we're more divided than ever. We're more divided than ever in, in, in our nation. And it's 100% leaning on whether it's Trump or fucking Biden, whether it's Republican or Democrat. And I just barely got into this shit. I didn't even know the gist. I didn't know the details of what made a Republican different from a Democrat. I really did not. And I got questioned by my brother and my, my best friend. And, and they say, hey, we're going to do we're gonna fucking interview right now. We're going to see what you are. I'm like, all right, cool. And they would just ask me random questions. And I literally went right down the middle. I went right down the middle. Oh, well, that's Democrat. Okay, well, that's what I believe. Oh, that's Republican. Well, that's what I, in regards to that, that's what I believe. And it ended up being like six Republican votes to four Democratic votes or something like that. You know, I was down the middle. And it's just like, it's crazy that people are so, you know, um, well, if that's, if that's where you're at, then I'd rather not just go down this route, you know, and it, because we, we, we've all chosen different routes. We've all have different beliefs. Religion being one of the biggest. I, and, I'm, and I'm an agnostic person. Matter of fact, yeah, we just last night we just had a conversation. And, and you're a religious person. And I'm not saying overly religious, but last night we just had a, a small debate within my family. And the debate was so silly. It wasn't an argument, but the debate was so silly. But it was my younger brother was saying, and then kind of like my older brother as well was piggybacking it. 
He says, man, I hate when people try, they feel weird about saying whether they're an atheist or agnostic. If you're so agnostic that X, Y, and Z, you might as well just say you're atheist. But I feel like no one says they're atheist because they feel like if they say they're atheist, they're denouncing the, the possibility of a God, of a deity. And but anyhow, it was funny that we had that conversation, but it's good that we're on a different level where we can have it. Most people couldn't even go that route. They just totally, you know, exile each other because of the difference in beliefs. And that's, wow. a, that's a bad trait. I'll give you an example. And I'm sure when she sees this, she'll probably give me shit about it. Oh, but my, shit. my sister. Okay. My sister is, um, um, she takes it very personal sometimes. She can't have a normal conversation about um, politics, you know, her opinion on it okay. without getting upset. You know, we've been down that road before. I've seen it happen with her and family members, you know. So, you know, my mom was always very like, listen, let's not touch the specific subject or topic because, you know, she gets yeah. a specific way. Right. Which, you know, I love my sister to death. But she takes it, in my opinion, too personal sometimes, right. you know. And she rather just go ahead and leave the whole situation instead of talking about it. I'm, you know, I you could tell me, hey, I fucking love Biden, this, this, and that. And I'm not going to be like, oh, you know, what the fuck? You have, you know what he's done, this, this, and that. I'll be like, hey, you know, why, though? Tell me your reasoning yeah, behind let's, it. Let's just have a, let's let's have a conversation. conversation. Yeah. You'll tell me A, B, C, D, and E, and then I'll tell you my A, B, C, D, and E. And then if we can come to common ground and meet in the middle, of like, okay, I agree with you, but I didn't like this, this, and that. Right. And then right. I'll tell you, hey, you're right, you made a good point, but I didn't like this, this, and that. Exactly. So do you know what? We're on good terms. We had a decent conversation. At the end of the day, I still believe in what I believe in, and you believe in what you believe in. That's it. You know, some people can't have that conversation. They'll get fucking offended. They'll fucking, they'll look at you differently altogether. Like, oh, this, this fucker is just living in a completely different world. Pe people don't understand, homie. And it's, it's kind of like an, on the war scene when it comes to war tactics, right? How do you defeat a giant army? You, you get them to split up. You get them to split up. That way they're not that strong. And I'm not saying that that's what's, hap that's what's being done to us by other countries. What I'm saying is like, why won't you think of the bigger picture? You're splitting us up when you're so hard-headed on that belief that we're going to all get weaker. We're all going to have issues. This is not good for our nation. This is not good for our future generations. This is not good. We should think opposite. We should think we should unify. We should overlook certain things. We should lower that bar a little bit when it comes to these differences because it's really splitting us up, and it's, it's just crazy. I mean, I've got some great friends that I we just had the awesomest times. And if I even say a Trump joke, and I didn't vote, I didn't vote for anybody. I favor Trump. I can't stand Biden. But I, <laughs> but I understand where people were, you know, are, are flustered with Trump and why and the things that he said and certain things that confuse. I understand all that. You know, again, I'm new to this shit. 100%. But if I say a Trump joke, I've seen people's whole fucking day get ruined and look at me like, really, Wes? And it's like. Oh my God! Really? Like, it was, it was, it was, fucking joke. It's a joke. It wasn't even that serious. I don't even care. I don't even know where the guy's at Look, right now. My <laughs> my wife is um not pro Trump. You know, she voted for Biden. She's you know in that sense and okay. stuff like that. And me and her have never ever had an argument or even a fight, anything remotely close to that over our political beliefs. You know, I told her from day she asked me. I told her. She told me hers, and we made the decision. Hey, listen, what you believe in, I respect. You know, what I believe in, I respect, you know, and I want to stick with that. And we've never had a fight or a discussion over it. We'll make jokes and shit. You know, she likes to post a lot of political shit, you know, you know, dogging Trump and shit yeah, like that. Yeah. But I don't, it doesn't fucking bother me. Right. You know, I have family members 
that fucking post pro Trump shit. And they, you know, my, you know, my fiance and they follow each other and all this shit. And then sometimes she'll even tell me like, oh, look what, you know, so-and-so posted or, you know, oh, look what's in And it doesn't bother me. I'm just like, I, I don't give a fuck. You know, right. I don't care. Right. You know, what your opinion and what your belief in is, and is yours. You know, I told him, like, I've never, you know, told you anything about, you know, being pro-Biden and voting for him, even though I don't agree with it. And I look at the facts. And, I, and like, at the end of the day, it's my opinion. It's your opinion. There's no reason why it needs to get into a fight. It needs to get ugly. We got to stop being friends or stop talking because of what you believe in, which brings back to the to the reason of, you know, why they talk about specific things you shouldn't talk about at a get-together, which is religion and politics. Right. They always say it, you know, don't bring that shit up at a get together at a family function or something. Don't bring up religion. Don't bring up politics because you're never going to be on the same page with everybody who's there. Right. And I can't be disrespectful. I can't fucking look down at you and be like, oh, you you like Biden? You voted for that piece of shit? Look at look at where our country's at right now right. because of everything that's going on because of this guy. You know, I can't say that. And I and I don't even think of it. You know, I just think of, hey, you know, that's what you believe in. Great. Now, I'm not going to fucking hide what I believe in. If you ask me, hey, you know. What do you believe? I'm not going to try to follow the crowd because, you know, I'm, I'm in the room with four Biden voters. I'm going to be like, yeah, well, you know, you know, I didn't vote for him, but I definitely think he's trying really hard. And I think he's trying to make a I'll tell you, shut up. Yo, I don't fucking like him. I think he's a fucking idiot. I think we are where we are today because of everything that's going on, everything that he's doing. He's seen now. I wish fucking Trump was still in fucking office. I'm not going to not tell you that because I'm I'm afraid I'm going to hurt your feelings. You know, if you ask me, I'm going to fucking tell you now. I'm not going to turn it into a fucking debate. I don't have a fucking degree in, you know, political science or anything like that. Only thing I can go based off is, you know, what I've been told, the facts and shit that I've researched, and I make my opinions based on that. Look, we, and, we, and that's what I follow. We we had the same thing again referring to last night. You know, I had I had dinner with my family, and, um, you know, once we organically run out of just catching up and shit that just comes out on the fly, at some point one of us is like, all right, what's up? Let's talk the hot topics. You know, let's see, let's see where you at. Where's your opinion on this? And this is what we do, you know. And and sometimes we get fired up, but never crazy, you know. Maybe in the younger years, but you know, we're all adults. Um, and we we did talk about uh Biden and, and Trump, but you know that's an easy topic. But what we ended up going into was, of course, the slap heard around the world, Will Smith. So we started Will talking Smith. about this, you know. And it was <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny because when we talked about it. I thought it would be a topic that we'll get over quick, quick, Fresh fast, prince. in a hurry, Fresh you know? Prince. Yeah, well, I, I just didn't think this, I didn't think the ramifications, I didn't think that the depths that we went into would come from that topic, but it did because we started looking at things way deeper. And anyhow, I want to ask you, what's your take on that? What is your take on Will Smith, somebody that, you know, at 28, you, you, you should have somewhat grown up on him, even though yeah, he was you know, more of my age era, but, you know. I man, I had so much respect for Will Smith. I'm not even gonna lie. I fucking watched Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Past tense. Uh oh. Yeah, past tense, and you're gonna see why in a minute. You know, I I grew up on you know watching Fresh Prince and all his movies, and one of my favorite movies was Hitch, which I'm sure you remember. It's probably it's one of one of my favorite movies. Favorite bro. movies ever. Comedy was fucking off the chain with him. Damn, cheers to that. I can't believe you said that. Right, no one ever. No one ever says Hitch. I fucking <laughs> love Hitch. Was Hitch, my fucking dude. favorite fucking movie. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy was a, the guy's an amazing actor. Still, so right now, without he's an amazing actor. Now, yeah. what he did at the fucking you know at the Oscars was fucking totally out of left field. Um, I've lost so much respect for him, not just as an actor but as a person in general. <clears throat> I gotta give you know right now on camera my hat off to Chris Rock for keeping it composed, composed and professional. 
because he could have fucking popped off. He could have fucking decked them back. He could have fucking made it into a humongous scene, and yeah. he didn't. You know, he kept it professional. He knew that they were on camera, that there were millions of people watching, and he didn't want to make a fool out of himself. And he took that slap he like took a that slap gangster, like a fucking man, bro. Like bro, shit. Either Will Smith hits like a bitch, or Chris Rock's got a fucking yeah. face made of metal. And you're gonna hear naysayers are gonna say the whole thing was scripted. Yeah, a lot of people, but that yeah. was not scripted. No, it wasn't. No, it I don't wasn't. care what you say. I don't care yeah. what you tell me. That was not scripted, 100. percent That was raw, fucking unedited, that not was, planned bullshit. That, that was a weird down. emotional roller coaster that will went down on now do i def- you know defend the fact of a husband defending his wife 100 percent? Right. i've been out and i've Get had you. someone just look at my wife and i'm fucking ready to fucking go nuts mm-hmm. and they haven't even said shit so did he take it way too far 100 percent? for one chris rock is a comedian that's what the fuck he made his fucking fame on that's what he makes his money on he's a comedian and he's an actor but his main shit is being fucking funny making right. fucking jokes now the joke he made about her was to me fucking harmless as fuck just weak. If you look at the fucking video, he fucking started laughing after the joke was made. Right. He changed his demeanor when, when he, he saw that, oh shit, who, who pissed her off. Who, by the way, who's sitting like a chair away from him. Exactly. What the fuck? What's going on with y'all's weird ass bullshit? A fucking chair away. He fucking laughed at the joke and then all of a sudden he looked at her, saw her demeanor and was like, oh shit, like, I need to fucking do something right now and took it overly over the top. Instead of waiting for this shit to be done, and if he really felt some type of way, you know, pulling Chris Rock to the side and saying, hey, listen, exactly, that was disrespectful. It right. really did bother my wife on national TV. You embarrassed her. You know, I appreciate it if you're moving forward. You know, don't do nothing like that again. Yeah. Chris Rock would have been, knowing his, you know, I don't fucking know him personally, but knowing the way he is, he probably would apologize to him, apologize to her, you know, cleared it up saying, you know, what to say. Hey, there's nothing personal. It was just a joke. But to, for Will Smith to stand up out of his fucking chair, walk up to this guy and slap right. him across the face, and for Chris Rock to keep it going the way he did, I mean, man, this fucking guy literally caught his wife. Well, man, you're not going to say caught. She admitted, you know, that she cheated on him in the past. Yeah, you know and what that... they fucking called it an entanglement and all this bullshit. Oh, and, Lordy. you know, yeah. people coming up with the memes of like, oh, you didn't fucking slap yeah, August, but exactly. you slapped Chris Rock and all this bullshit. I guarantee you, if it would have been fucking August, fucking, you know, beating the host, or like everybody made that joke of The Rock doing it, or someone twice, Will Smith size, he wouldn't have done shit. Oh. Will Smith, to me, in opinion, he fucking did it because he saw Chris Rock was soft. He knows he's not right. about that life. And he said, you know what? I'm going to look like a fucking man right now, defending my wife. I'm going to go ahead and slap this motherfucker. He ain't going to do shit. I, I believe that to a, to a great extent, but I also do believe that there was a psychological meltdown there, bro. Listen, you mentioned the whole entanglement with his wife. And there has to be so many layers to that bullshit. Just because we saw that stupid shit on national television, whatever they did, where he broke down crying and all that. Yeah, where they admitted that it was an open relationship and all that bullshit. But even before all that, there was already crazy rumors going around. Like, they had some swinging-ass relationships where they're allowed to do all that. But we're, we're supposed to assume that somewhere there, I guess they ironed that out. And then Jada wasn't supposed to go outside of the... Whatever. That's all some real straight novella shit. Honestly, there's no proof to any of that. In my opinion, and like I said, this is my opinion. People have their opinions. Being famous and being surrounded by cameras and fans and all this shit, sometimes you have to change the certain situation on shit in order not to look like a fucking idiot. Of course. I get so it. Yeah. in my opinion, I don't think there was ever any open relationship, any swinging. I think that she fucked up. She fucking went and cheated on fucking Will Smith. 
got busted. And they tried and to make it sugarcoat it? They tried to sugarcoat it. Why? Because Will Smith didn't want to be put you on sound as like, a You sound like idiot. TMZ, bro. Yo, it's the fucking truth. <laughs> my, no, no, not the truth. My opinion. They didn't want to be put on blast. He didn't want to be known as a motherfucker. Yeah, they called the audible, yeah. Yeah, they said, hey, listen, let's lay it out like this. We have an open relationship. Right, right. We used to swing, and you did your own little thing on the otherwise, side. Otherwise, you're going to look like you just Otherwise, you're going to look me. like you're a fucking whore, and, and I'm, I'm a, a fucking guy who yeah. just lets my fucking yeah. wife cheat on me, and I'm going to stay with her. Right, yeah, so that's let's, definitely a possibility, of Let's course. lay it out this way for the media and for our fans and everything so we don't look fucking retarded. And let's go from there. That's my opinion. I could be wrong. Maybe they did have an open relationship where they could fucking go around and sleep with other people and do their own right. thing. I don't think so. Based on everything that's happened and the way they've reacted to certain shit, I think that they came up with that idea to try to make themselves look better on fucking national television. Right. But, you know, this motherfucker, for one, could have any fucking girl he wants in the fucking world. He's older, this and that, but he's worth I don't know how many million. Right. You know, and he puts up with, you know, this girl's shit. You know, the entanglement and all this other bullshit. You know, she's come out saying herself on interviews that, you know, if she could still, you know, have something with Tupac back in the day that she grew up with, they had a little thing going on. Yeah. And, you know, August and how he, she never talked shit about him. You know, oh, you know, he was this and he was there to comfort me, this, this and that, you know. So in my opinion, you know, if I have a woman, I'm with my wife or whatever, and I see her talking about a guy that she's had something with, you know, not necessarily you got to disrespect them, but you got to at least talk, hey, listen, I had this with this at this time. It was a moment, but I love my husband. I'm with him. This is the person I'm with. I'm married. This person I have kids with. This is what I want to continue and focus on. You know, you could respect something like that, but that's never happened with her. You know, she's right. never came out and straight up said, you know, I love my husband. This was a mistake. She said, hey, you know, we were open. You know, that was what you agreed to. This was an entanglement. You know, I did have something with this guy. I don't regret it. We weren't together at the time. So for him to, you know, react in that way right. for a stupid-ass fucking ball joke was completely fucking... I've, like I told my wife, I'm like, man, I've lost so much respect for Will Smith. I'm gonna, and look, what I'm he's gonna, done is it's just crazy. I'm, I'm going to say, and this is not defending him at all, but I'm going to say that it was definitely a psychological breakdown, in my opinion. Um, I just think that... What you know, do you mean by psychological? What, what led up to that? All, all, everything that he's been going through with her. All the drama, jokes, media, TMZ. Everybody's been talking shit about them for the last two, three years. They've cracked jokes on him being a duck for putting up with her. This, that, whatever. Especially when they had the interview. I don't know if he thought that interview was supposed to do something for them. And instead it just backfired. 100%. So it, it, it's, he, I would imagine he's been on edge, this, this, and that, and that. And when Chris Rock did what he did... Yes, now what you said is true. Oh, it's just soft-ass, small-ass Chris Rock, who I had some little dumbass issue with about two, three years ago, and it just all came quick. But he looked at Jada. He looked, like we said, he looked at Jada, and Jada gave Saw him that look like, like uh, you're not going to do anything, you pussy? This is why I cheated on you several times. Exactly. So it was a weird meltdown that happened. Still, there's, you know, I guess the best way to put this is when you're in a, a position like that, such fame... Such, you know, uh, um, so many followers, so many, you're, you're just idolized. You're idolized by a lot of people. Correct. Um, you you need to try your best to get your fucking emotions in control and not let something like that happen. If you want to get gangster, do it off camera, be professional, so on and so forth. Um, he, he just could have handled that differently. You make period. a good point as far as him having a psychological breakdown because it's not like he's new to this fucking camera scene and being put on, you know, the spot. 
I mean, motherfuckers been acting and rapping since before I was fucking born. Right. He's been surrounded by this shit. He's been right. famous for the last fucking 30 years. Yeah. So he's he's used to this shit. So in his mind, he should know, like, there's a time, there's a place for everything. Right. Right now, in the middle of the fucking Oscars, on live national TV, where I got millions of people watching this shit, ain't the fucking time. Yeah. To handle this shit. There, there's no way. You know, Will was known for uh, blowing up as a rapper without cursing. He was, I mean, he had all, the, the, his following is as, as huge as it is for all kind of great reasons. This is a very hypocritical move on his behalf. And there's no way that he would stand in front of the camera and say, I, I stand by what I did. And I did that because there's just no way. And if he did, all it would do was just totally shame his, his, his everything and make him seem like you are way less of a man than you've ever been. But he has to realize, damn, whether it was caught on camera and it was because of Jada, whether it was this, whatever you want to do is that motherfucker and got hit with a weird emotion out of nowhere and he reacted and it was just and a on horrible the day, decision. And on the day that he gets his first Oscar, you know, that, that, was, another well, fucking, right, that was another right. fucking huge thing. I mean, you've been doing this shit for how long? How many movies have you produced? How many fucking songs have you come out with? How many times have you fucking been in this situation? Right, right. And this is like the fucking, this is the fucking, you know, the Super Bowl of the, fucking yeah, the, acting and the, shit. The, the this is where this you is fucking it. get this it. it. Yeah. And you finally fucking get to the point in your and career where you're able to night. fucking score that Oscar, which is a humongous accomplishment for any actor, tainted anybody it. in general. Totally tainted it. And, yeah. you, and you fucking go ahead and pull a stunt like that. Yeah. You know, what message are you sending to not just your so, kids, but, doesn't, but, doesn't that but make to you, fellow actors doesn't and, that make and you people think who that look he, up to he you? Wasn't, he wasn't there? That's, that's what I mean by that. That's why, that's why, and I'm not trying to defend him at all. No, I believe I you. just feel like he, he had to be fucking, like, he, he was just I mean, already on edge, He could have seen, he could have blacked out, he could have seen a fucking tunnel, you know, he could have been tunneled tunnel in vision, on the bullshit, right, right. not thought about cameras, his wife, the audience, national TV, Chris Rock, everybody, the, the consequences that were going to come with it, and he fucking blanked out and did what he did. Possibility, yes. Do I fucking give it enough as an excuse to, for him to do that? Definitely not. I've, I've lost respect for him. And and the way he acted definitely, and you know, I definitely my outlook on him is just one hundred percent different now. Fresh Prince, what's up, everybody? Just want to take a quick second to tell you guys, thank you so much for all the love and support. We are officially into season four of the podcast, and I have an array of brand new guests that you guys are gonna love. For now, enjoy the rest. Bro, at the end of the day, man, what's really wrong with our world? And right now, I'm gonna incriminate both of us. For the sake of being fair, what's wrong with the world today is we get so intertwined in other people's shit, other people's business on so many levels that when something as epic as Will Smith doing what he did, we're all going to be talking about that shit for the next week and a half, two weeks. It's literally going to take... That's going to be the topic. It's going to take up on a daily basis. I don't care what Joe Schmo you are... doesn't matter, Dick, Mo, Larry, Harry, whatever. Everybody's spending about a combined total of maybe an hour a day. Little 10 minute here, five minute here. Will Smith, Will Smith, Will Smith, Will Smith. Will Smith and fucking Chris Rock just goddamn set us all back. Because that's just how the world is. It's kind of like when you're in traffic, you're like, what is this traffic about? All you do is see somebody pulled over on the side by a cop, not even an accident. And you're like, I just went through 20 minutes of traffic because all these onlookers were being nosy. Yep. We're all always in somebody's business, man. It's crazy. But at the same time, if it, was, if it wasn't that, you might not be as successful as you're going to be, bro, with your TikTok <laughs> and everything else. Listen, Alex, 
I want to tell everybody again, I want to remind everybody again where they can follow you, where they can get all these dope-ass videos. If you guys, I'm telling you right now, my boy's going to be one of the hottest follows fucking TikToks and YouTubes. He's just got to get the videos getting down. He's just gotten too busy. He's a family man now. He's got, you know, his baby boy coming up and all during all this crazy shit in our world. But stay tuned because I'm telling you, he's going he's gonna to kick it up to another notch. So give us the platforms. Instagram is still... Instagram is uh, Repo Daddy. No, no, no uh, underscore, nothing like underscore that. Underscore after the Repo, Repo underscore Daddy is, and that's been my Instagram. R-E-P-O underscore. R-E-P-O underscore D-A-D-D-Y. And that's it. Okay. And that's it. That's, that's been my Instagram for TikTok. since the beginning. TikTok, same exact thing. You know, Repo, R-E-P-O underscore Daddy. And then my YouTube is just Repo TV. Repo TV. All together. Um, those are my channels. And um, like you said, they're both blowing up pretty quick. I'm almost at a half a million for TikTok. I'm a little over 50,000 and something for YouTube. And I'm at about 11,000 for Instagram. That's phenomenal, bro. I know, I know you're going to do big things. I mean, more, it's not about the fucking social media platforms and all that. That's another, you know, obviously another revenue. And, and, you, and you, yeah, definitely. You, you deserve that income, you know. And, and I know you're, you're starting to get it right now, so that's good. I hope everybody watching can go support, follow him, follow all his networks, his channels, his platforms that support him. But at the same time, you're going to be entertained like a motherfucker because I'm telling you, man, this man be going through all kind of crazy shit and it's kind of fun to watch. It's very addictive. You know, you, you see the danger he goes through. You see the reactions on people's faces and things of that nature. And um, I don't know that I want to tell him what, what do you want to tell people out there, but I think he wants to say pay your bills. <laughs> I mean, I, the only advice I get to everybody out here in Miami, you know, everybody watching this is, you know, you got to stop living outside your means, man. You know, stop worrying about trying to impress the other motherfucker trying to impress these girls that you don't even know, trying to impress your friends or people that just follow you to try to look cool, you know? Concentrate on, you know, what you're going to do in life. Concentrate on moving forward with your future and your career. If that's something you're trying to establish as far as being with somebody and, and, you know, building a family or if you just want to go ahead and concentrate on working, that's fine and dandy. There's nothing wrong with that. But just stop worrying about trying to impress everybody that don't have nothing to do with your life. Buying these cars that you can't afford, you know, maxing out your credit cards, getting into, you know, bankruptcy, stuff like that for, you know, for nobody. Right. For all the wrong reasons. For all the wrong reasons. Concentrate on yourself. Concentrate on finding inner happiness. You know, you got to be happy with yourself before you can go out and try to make anybody else happy. Right. But, you know, a big problem now is, you know, social media. And, you know, it's you got to stop worrying about what everybody's going to think about you just because, you know, you drive a car that's 10 years old. Or instead of going, you know, to Texas or Brazil, you go to fucking Burger King. You know, you feel like you can't fucking live a specific way because you can't afford it. And that shouldn't be the case. Whatever makes you happy should make you happy. You should not worry about what, you know, Joe Blow is going to think or what that girl is going to think of the car I drive or, you know, the kind of money I spend or what I do. You know, as long as you're happy with yourself and you're building to something better, that's all that matters. Right. Listen, guys, make sure you go show your support. Follow him. And, and by the way. Show your support. You see the T-shirt that I've been wearing. My apparel's coming out. Black Sheep Apparel is completely in the making right now. There's a Shopify star coming out. Get ready to follow me on Black Sheep underscore apparel underscore on Instagram. Uh, but, yeah, the movement's for real. And my brother's making a movement as well. So, you guys, show your support. Make sure you hit that like, subscribe, follow. Cheers, my brother. Thank you for bringing this dope-ass whiskey. And thank you for giving me such a great, fun podcast, man. Anytime, brother. Thank you for having me. All right, you crazy motherfuckers. We'll see you on the next one. Peace.